Fungi and slime molds raced to decompose dead matter on the forest floor. Many spread by releasing spores, up to 30,000 a second. If just one of these spores lands in the right place and takes root, it can colonize a whole new area. But not all fungi feed on the dead. Days ago, a spore landed on this ant. Now she's acting strange. A network of roots has infiltrated her muscles. Her body has been taken over by cordyceps. A parasitic fungus. Floods her brain with chemicals, drugging her, compelling her to head where conditions are perfect. Just the right amount of light, just the right amount of humidity for the parasite growing inside. forces her to clamp down in a death bite, and Cordyceps reveals its gruesome nature. After three weeks of growth, Cordyceps can release its own spores infecting more ants, releasing more spores, infecting more ants, releasing more spores, infecting more ants, infecting more ants, more ants, more ants, more ants. Fringe right here on TFR, live on hackerhameen.podbeam.com and the infinitefringe.podbeam.com. My name is Billy Ray Valentine. Welcome, everyone listening today. Very interesting stuff we got going on today for you. Break out your pads and pens and uh, open your mind just a little bit. Um, you know, we're going to implant some, uh, some ideas <laughs> and lead you down particular avenues. Don Jeffries is here with me. We're going to He's going to co-host with me today. Don, how you doing? Everybody knows who you are. 
here at the hey. Infinite Fringe Realm. But uh, go ahead and introduce yourself yet again. Hey, thanks, Billy Ray. I appreciate uh, always uh, always a joy to be uh, with you. We're going to have fun today. This is going to be really, really interesting. I've been trying to book this guest for a bit, um, and uh, I'm glad we finally got to do this because a lot of people don't want to talk about this sort of stuff, and uh, I'm, I'm, I am very interested myself. Uh, John Brissom is also here with me. John, say what's up, man. How's everybody out there at the Infinite Fringe? Great to be here with uh, everyone. Uh, we're going to drop some hard truths tonight that many people uh, do not want to believe because they're stuck in the right-left paradigm in the false truth movement. Well, um, we're going to try to shatter that, as we do all the time, but different take here this, this week on the Fringe. Neil Sanders is here with me. Now, um, Neil uh, does a lot of really good work. I want everybody to go check it out. NeilSandersMindControl.com And you can check out all of his work. He has a blog. He has even some of the stuff he's put on podcast for you. So you can go check it out. Um, your, thought, your thoughts aren't your own. It's crazy. Neil Sanders, say hello to the Infinite Fringe. Welcome, sir. Uh, hello, Infinite Fringe. Uh, thank you very much for having me on. Thank you very much for coming on, sir. Tell, tell the people a little bit about yourself and what it is you do before we get cracking. Okay, well, um, well, I mean, I suppose I'm sort of a, a researcher, really. Like, um, I got into this, really, because um, I studied um, uh, psychology at a university, and a lot of them, a lot of, basically in psychology, a lot of it leads into advertising. And so a lot of the same sort of principles sort of apply, and... Um, that that's that's quite sort of troubling to me because essentially what what they're doing is they're using something you know quite innate and scientific like the way that the human mind works and the way that you can be manipulated and um, they're using it to sell cat food or something like that and um, and often in ways that that people aren't aware of and that that's what sort of really interested me um, and then I learned to be um, a hypnotherapist and around a similar sort of time I got interested in or got introduced to the film The Manchurian Candidate and. Um, Obviously, the books of people like John D. Marks and, and such like that, and uh, uh, and uh, other uh, Walter, Walter Boweth and other mind control authors. And I started to, to look at the sort of declassified MK Ultra uh, documents and, and realised that, wow, actually, a lot of this is 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 very very plausible. Um, not only just the, the sort of um, you know, the, say taking over somebody's mind um, in in the sort of scenario of a Manchurian candidate, you know, utilising anything like drugs or hypnosis or um, various other sort of what would be called psychotronic weapons, which is essentially sort of electronic devices. I, I discovered that there's a huge, huge amount of, of evidence that, that these things have been tested and used and, it, and admitted to have been used in, in field operations, often in, like, often in places like World War II, for example, they were trying out things like um, Use, use of drugs as truth serums and uh, use of hypnosis as um, ways of currying messages without the person knowing that they actually had a message and um, and various things like that. Utilizing sort of splitting personalities in order to drop somebody behind enemy lines and make them a convincing uh, turncoat only later to flip their personality back and stuff like that. And essentially there's, there's, there's different types of mind control, um, but there's... Things like truth serums and uh, then the flip side of that, which would be sort of, you know, controlling your mind or creating things so that 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 um, propaganda can't be or or at, it, information can't be excised from you in, a, in an interrogation scenario. Um, the third type would be essentially, you know, controlling individuals via a sort of Manchurian candidate type way, like a, a personalized approach. And then the fourth way would be 
um, the, the broadest, which is controlling of people via propaganda systems, um, societal setups and sort of what, what is essentially called the manufacturing of consent, whereby, and this is a, an Edward Bernays uh, or a Walter Lippmann uh, process, they both had, one was called the engineering, one was called the manufacturing of consent. And essentially what this is, is, is whereby society functions in such a way that the, t the people at the very top set out what is normal or what is accepted or, or what is right. Uh, and, and as I'm sure that uh, your listeners are aware, when you start to sort of have a poke around and, and uh, at these things, you find out that the people at the very top perhaps don't really have your best interests at heart and perhaps, you know, are really only interested in, in maintaining the status quo and, you know, retaining their fabulous, fabulous wealth and hold on society. And uh, that troubles me, to be quite honest. No, absolutely. And it should th trouble you. It troubles the hell out of me. Don Jeffries, thoughts? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I assume you you have uh, <clears throat> talked about, and I apologize if because uh, I, I haven't uh, read much of your work. So, but I, I assume you've probably covered the uh, the hideous Franken Dr. Frankenstein like work of uh, Gottlieb and Cameron. Yes. That's, oh, absolutely. Yeah, you, you want to explain? Because I mean, I've, I've written about that in my books, but this and this, of course, is something that our government funded through our yeah, intelligence yeah. agency. So, I mean, talk a little bit about that if you could. Well, uh, I mean, Ewan Cameron was um, was it was actually in Canada, uh, but the only reason they moved it to Canada was uh, so that they could actually um, get away with it, really, which is is really really horrible. Uh, it was at the the Allen Memorial Institute at McGill University, uh, as far as I recall, and essentially he had this concept of psychic driving. Uh, first, what he would do was. Um, he had a cheery little name for it. It was called the annihilation of the mind. Um, now, essentially, <laughs> what was horrible about Ewan Cameron was that his experimentation was sold as as a um, as a beneficial medical procedure. Essentially, he was getting people who were alcoholics, and mostly it was actually ladies with postpartum depression uh, or just you know uh, uh, common organ depression, anxiety, that type of thing. Um, and his idea was that he, he would wipe out the harmful um, imprints on the mind or the harmful patterns on the mind, um, which was called either depatterning or annihilation. And he would do this with huge amounts of drugs um, and uh, narcosis, essentially, like putting people into comas um, and fixing them in place for, for huge, huge amounts of time. Then to repattern them or to input the the, um, the more beneficial uh, ideas, what he would do is re record their own voice and then he would put irremovable headphones on their head and they would repeat certain phrases over and over and over and over again. All the time they were being given drugs like LSD and uh, scopalamine and various other sort of crazy things that are best left alone or particularly not given to people in, in trauma situations like that. Uh, and this was called psychic driving. Um, and now, initially, they, they would use their patients' own uh, voices, but very soon they, they found that this, this sent people sort of irreversibly mad a lot of the time because they just could not stand to hear their own voice being critical of themselves over and over and over again. So they would record somebody else's voice. But essentially, the, the um, 
um, the uh, result was the same. It would completely wipe the personality and mind of, of the patient. And one of the most famous of these was a lady called Linda McDonald, who essentially, I've got to stop saying essentially, sorry, who went into um, <laughs> the hospital um, with very, very sort of mild or, or sort of certainly treatable um, depression, postpartum depression, and was left in a state where she couldn't use the toilet. She had to learn to walk. She had to learn to to uh, speak. Even um, she reckon she doesn't know her daughter and she doesn't know her family. She has been told time and time and time again that that this is your husband. This is your uh, daughter. These these are your siblings or, or or whatnot. But unfortunately, she just simply has no memories past the last however many years since she recovered from the treatment. And what was really, really even worse about this was that this was part of the MK Ultra experiments. I think it was Subproject 68, but I may be wrong uh, on that one. But it's, but it wasn't it wasn't just in America. There was a gentleman in London called uh, William Sargent who was at um, St Thomas's Hospital, and he did exactly the same thing. He he had a, a sleep room in St Thomas's Hospital and was was doing. Um, psychic driving essentially and um, one of the people that he treated uh, was Celia Imry who actually went on to be a famous uh, actress in, in, in the UK I think she's been in some Hollywood films so you, you might have seen her in, in some things but she, she's a um, very very, very sort of famous uh, actress in, in England um, once he wrote to William uh, William Sargent once wrote to Ewan Cameron uh, congratulating on on the, the results of his experimentation, where he was, you know, wiping the minds of, of of hapless individuals without their consent, but he signed this letter off by basically by saying, "Don't remember whatever you managed to achieve in this field, I did it first. which shows that it's, that the British arm of this um, experiment was was more advanced. Uh, it's just that we don't know as much about that. It's incredible because, you know, everybody wants to take credit for something that's so, so ridiculous in my point. So, so, and we have no idea what we're doing. And I, I, I touch on this often, but we have zero idea what we're messing with and why we're messing with it. That's just me. Now we have these lasers that talk to you. I don't know if you're aware, but they have these lasers, the Pentagon, that implant ideas in people's heads oh. now. Raytheon were testing those in in the the late nineties. Um, they were they were advertised as a, it's called synthetic telepathy, and it was advertised as as a way to uh, non violently control prisoners in maximum security facilities. Beautiful. Um, but it was also I mean it's there's been many many sort of iterations of that type of thing. Um, it, it basically, oh, who was the chap that that uh, um, uh, that actually did it? Oh, it, it was um, the the Frey auditory effect was one of them. Basically, they found that people who were standing next to microphones or microwaves in uh, and sort of battlefield scenarios were hearing sort of loud knocking sounds and stuff like that. And what they were able to do was piggyback um, piggyback words onto that and sort of put it so that it would it would go into people's head. Um, there was also the Smirnoff uh, patent, which was used during uh, the Waco siege. Uh, or yeah, we, well, sorry, it wasn't actually used during the Waco siege. They, they decided not to. What, what this does is it basically, as, as you just described, 
it, it, you can't hear it. You can hear a voice in your head, and they can direct this at your head. And so, with uh, uh, people may not remember that at, at Waco, it was there was a siege where a, a, a supposed cult called the Seven Day Adventists had shot at uh, or uh, allegedly shot at some ATF agents who were stockpiling weapons. Uh, and there was a religious aspect of it where the, the leader of this group, David Koresh, believed himself to be the, um, the second coming of, of Christ and was going to reveal the seven seals. Um, anyway, um, it, it all ended in uh, uh, being the, the, the Adventists being set on fire and then shot to death and murdered by the ATF. So it didn't, it didn't go terribly well. But at one point in, to try and get them out, they thought about using this thing called the Smirnoff pattern. And as I say, it was going to put voices in David Crash's head. They specifically got Charlton Heston to record uh, <laughs> like a series of dialogue. I'm serious. Like, and he was going to pretend to be God and speak to uh, to David Koresh and tell him to let let his followers go or, you know, peacefully uh, surrender to the ATF. Uh, but they were told that there was a there was a sixty percent chance that it would work, but there's a forty percent chance that he would go mad and slit everybody's throats. <laughs> they, decided, uh, they decided to be more sporting and set fire to the front of the building instead. Well, I had I've, I've I've written a lot about Waco. I hadn't heard that that uh, that Charlton Heston was going to be hired to that. That's that's interesting. But I do know that they played supposedly played sounds of uh, rabbits being killed yeah. and and the the loud uh, I forget. I think it was was it, these boots are made for walking. Some of them, yeah, they, yeah, they played the roses it, and metallic. Yeah, yeah. That, that's common. In fact, um, yeah. the band Skinny Puppy from uh, from Canada, um, they um, they sued because portions of their music was, which is I'm, I'm a fan actually, but it's very abrasive music and uh, very unusual music, and portions of that was being played in Guantanamo Bay, it's because the the idea behind all of that as well is it's a concept called isolation and overstimulation and it's the it's the prima facie that actually came out of um william Sargent and ewan cameron's experimentation they found that that if you isolate somebody and you overstimulate them what it will do is they'll, they'll basically become psychotic uh, another way to do that is to to leave somebody in an isolation tank for far too long like a lot of people don't realize that the the, the first isolation tanks uh, was it uh, who was it that, that did it uh, it was john lilly wasn't it um the, the first use of the um, the isolation tank, you know, where you float in salt water, was a torture device. Because if you leave people in there for, far, for too long, they, their brain starts to fill in the gaps and they hallucinate. And you start to lose all track of time. And um, you can become psychotic. And that's what they were trying to achieve with Waco. It's what they're trying to achieve in, in Guantanamo Bay by basically keeping them awake uh, and isolated, isolated and overstimulated. Um, one of the things that I have noticed of recent is that isolation and, and overstimulation perfectly describes being on Facebook or being on Twitter. <laughs> hey, John, I'm going to get you in in just one sec. I'm going to go to you right now. Um, but I, I want to point out that it's very important that this is being the technology that I spoke about is being presented as if it's something new. Right. Mm. So it's really important to figure out that uh, uh, this has been used as, as far back as the 90s. And I would venture to say probably uh, way before that, in my yeah, opinion. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they were experimenting with in the 60s. I, I agree 100 percent. And uh, I think uh, and I've said this before on, on my last broadcast, but I think uh, it's not out of the realm of, uh, of, you know, the possible that this has been used uh, in some of these um you know, mass killings or, or uh, 
or with some of these uh, mass murderers that say, you know, they've heard voices in their head. It has to be explored at this point. You know, it's, it just has to, whether it has any basis in reality or not, I think it does just based on the evidence. But anyway, John, let me get you in here real quick. Thoughts on what you on what we've been talking about. I mean, everything Neil has said, I 100% agree with him in his research. Uh, parallels my own. Uh, they've been using voice to skull technology uh, since, since forever. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's only now being, you know, disclosed to the American public that they're able to uh, beam uh, thoughts, you know, directly. Uh, you can hear voices, you might hear, you know, old stuff that we learned about Project Blue Beam, where you might see uh, God, but you also might hear God. So it's, it's all, you know, similar to all of that. And they've had that technology now for a long time and actually you know like neil's work on and manson too as well and you know that ties into a mind control operation as well jimmy jeans talked a lot about that and into the microcosm with epic journeyman um so it all in, in interconnects um and of course you know when we talk about the um council for national policy later um it's very interesting uh, too as well if, if, if their connections to mind war and psyops with psyops with uh, paul uh, valeri and michael aquino um i mean it's been go i mean the, in, they're all interconnected with one another um so yeah everything that neil has been saying everything that don has been saying everything i definitely agree with all right beautiful don do you have anything else no, I, I think it's just, it's it's just amazing for people to consider how many of these uh, <clears throat> projects are are paid for by taxpayer dollars. I don't know that in the UK, but in our money is some. I mean, during the same time period, I'm sure uh, everyone here knows that uh, the CIA was uh, had quite of an LSD uh, thing going on with Alan Dulles. I think at one point had was the biggest distributor of LSD in, <laughs> in the world, and uh, you had people like Dr. Frank Olson, who was uh, you know who was who leaped to his uh, either was. Uh, pushed out of a window or leaped to his death because he was on a bad trip. And his family, his sons are still trying to sue over that, uh, it, it, you know, all these decades later. But just, just monstrous stuff going on. And it, it all did revolve around uh, trying to manipulate uh, the minds of people. And I think maybe we can talk at some point about Sirhan Sirhan, who I think Absolutely. is probably the yeah. most visible example of mind control to those of us that research these things. Just in regards to Frank Olsen, the, the, the one thing that I had heard, um, and it's not been confirmed, obviously, but the, they found that he had a, um, a piece of his skull punched out the back of his head, which suggests that he was dead before he even hit the window, um, and that he wasn't actually on acid. He was given the acid sort of a week before. This, this is just, this is one of the, the, the different yeah. things. I'm not saying, I'm saying it is correct. The interesting thing about the, the, the bit of his skull being knocked out the back of the head was that was a technique that was that was perfected by a chap called George Hunter White. Uh, and George Hunter White just so happened to be in the building on that day. Um, and he was also a CIA agent. I forget the name of the, the agent that was actually there to help to supposedly to be there with Frank Olsen. But George Hunter White ran um, Operation Midnight Climax. Uh, Operation Midnight Climax was CIA um, brothel that was set up in San Francisco, <laughs> yeah. and they basically paid the prostitutes to um, secretly slip LSD to their clients, and then George Hunter White would sit there through uh, <laughs> watching them on a two-way mirror. He had a little setup, basically, which had a toilet, a desk, and a load of whiskey because he was a big, heavy drinker, and he would just sit there and basically watch these guys freak out on acid and record the, their responses. He actually, one of his pastimes was to wander up and down the, the restaurant district of, I think it was in San Francisco, and surreptitiously just dose people with acid. 
and then sit on the other side of the boardwalk and watch the carnage envelop. And what he'd actually done was he'd employed um, a magician who at the time was uh, the best sleight of hand magician in the country. His name was, uh, I'm going to get this wrong, I think it was Jim McDonald or maybe Jack McDonald. Uh, no, John Mulholland, sorry. And, uh, and yeah, he, he basically taught <coughs> CIA agents how to do sleight of hand tricks so that they could put acid into people's drinks. Fighting the Cold War with your Absolutely. tax dollars. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is insane. Um, you know, we've been talking a lot about drugs, right, and uh, how that's been used to manipulate. And uh, pretty well laid out at this point that that's, that's just one of the things that are used by, by the culture controllers and the culture manipulators to do what it is they want to do, right, or, or get to, you know, where they want to get or, or pull us to where they want to pull us, Right. Yeah, now, I mean, it can be. I mean, the, the, the best explanation of that is the, is the Jolly West um, speech, which I can't really remember off, off, off accurately. Mm-hmm. But the, the gist of it is that basically you can use drugs in a number of ways. You can use it to get people away from, uh, you know, you did, if you're in a stone funk, you're not quite feeling like going and protesting. Uh, you can use it to criminalize people. You can use it to delegitimize people by saying, oh, why are we listening to those silly long haired druggies? Um, <laughs> you can also use it to get people involved in crime uh, in as much as sort of stings, blackmail operations and that types of thing. Um, so it's an incredibly useful um, tool and it's no it's no coincidence that if you look at the, the major import of drugs into America, it's either the CIA or done with the blessing of the CIA. And there's numerous examples of that, like Freeway Ricky Ross. Um, um, oh, I can't remember the guy. What was his name? Delano Gary, Gary Webb. Gary Webb. Yeah, Gary Webb basically exposed that. that yeah, that, um, uh, uh, what's his? I can't remember his name. But his Nicaraguan contact was essentially the later given a, a job within the State Department. There's this ample evidence that suggests that um, El Chapo uh, and the Sinaloa cartel were basically given um, uh, given free access to take their money, their drugs into Chicago, drugs and guns into Chicago by the ATF and FBI and CIA in exchange for information against supposedly against rival cartels, which is just laughable, really. I mean, it, and it goes some way to explaining the carnage that's happening in Chicago uh, a couple of decades later. Um, there's even evidence that suggests that the Los Zetas, you know, the ones that are incredibly violent, that um, chop people's heads off and stuff like that, that they've received joint training with CIA and Mossad and IDF agents. <laughs> and it's like, oh, come on. Like, they, 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 these are essentially proxy control um, uh, organizations, aren't they, really? You know, like, uh, whilst criminal organizations do exist, and obviously, like, a lot of them have an uneasy relationship i mean look at barry seal um with and uh, the mean in arkansas and stuff like that they have an uneasy relationship with law enforcement um to an extent because it serves their purpose i mean that the entire crack epidemic was i mean this is where it gets really really funky like the iran contra thing we're, we're selling or reagan's selling weapons to iraq and iran and he's using this to finance a, 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 a right a far-right takeover of of uh, the, of the leftist um uh, uh, nicaragua 
with Contras, teaching them with CIA methods that uh, involve raping people, dismembering people, yeah. biting the heads off animals and that type of thing to instill fear in the population. And then they're running cocaine back into America. And this is being sold um, in South Central and, and various of the black neighborhoods. It's being encouraged by the, the pervasive music at the time. And, and um, it's also connected to you know, the proliferation of uh, films like Scarface and stuff like that. Uh, I, I, I appreciate this sounds like a, a weird tangent. Um, but <laughs> the, uh, the, the point that I'm trying to get at is what was the what was the 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 initial point of that was it to sell weapons to Iran? Was it to sell weapons to Iraq? Was it to promote the the coup in Nicaragua, or was it to destroy black neighbourhoods? Um, because all of those things happened. So it, it, it's horrible to think which one was was top of the list. Yeah, probably a little bit of everything, right? And, and well, don't absolutely. worry about don't worry about the drugs, man. We're building a wall here. It's going to stop oh, that's all so that. So silly. <laughs> like, the, the thing that gets me about the war that nobody seems to have understood, aside from the fact that, as you quite rightly say, it, it won't work. It's not how, how drugs and stuff get into the, the, the country. It will take years and years and years and years. And in order to build it, you're going to need to move hundreds and hundreds of people into those those areas, which will radically change those areas because you'll need to have infrastructure for all the new people that are living there. They will be white and American. Well, they might be. But basically, you know, you're still going to have an influx of people in order to create this thing, which is going to take about 20 years and cost. It's just it's such a white elephant. I don't know if you've got that expression in America. It just means something that's pointless. Yeah, yeah we absolutely do. Uh, John, go ahead, jump in real quick, and then I want to get into some new types of drugs. Come on, Don. John. Yeah, um, so Neil, um, a couple of things about the Rand-Contra affair and, of course, the Council for National Policies. And oh, all yes, that. absolutely. Um, and, and, uh, so, uh, John, real quick, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to jump into that just yet, just because okay. like, I, I want to I lead to that before can we I, get into, into Iran-Contra, so don't, don't get too deep. Go ahead. Okay, okay, I won't. Um, so we were, um, Iran, uh, well, Israel was, uh, who was giving the weapons to Iran and we were resupplying Israel, okay. uh, during the Iran-Contra affair, right. um, as well as you're talking with the drugs, um, you know, Freeway Rick Ross, the work of, of, of Gary Webb and the Dark Alliance, um, mm. and you could debate whether or not he was assassinated, um, or not, or he committed suicide, but, um, you know, you talk about the, the, um, the, the Reagan administration's involvement in that, they're also involved in with the Franklin scandal and allegedly uh, Nicaraguan uh, uh, bonds were, were being transferred between Oliver North and Lawrence E. King um, with uh, Michael Aquino uh, being the head of all that. So you have that connection too as well. Of course, uh, the right was heavily involved in with the Franklin scandal, both Ronald Wilson Reagan and uh, George H.W. Bush. Yeah. Uh, being implicated in the Callboy scandal to the White House as well with Craig yeah. Spence. Um, so, you know, they, that's whole, that's all of the, what was going on during that time. There was drug running, trafficking, human trafficking, and gun running mm. to fund uh, uh, multiple coups in the attempt to overthrow um, socialist governments and replace them with fascist governments. You know, no, no argument here on, you know, yeah. as far as politics are concerned, which is, you know, but nonetheless whatever you want to say about Daniel Ortega and his government, the Sandinistas, uh, the Contras were violent. They were yeah. not, uh, it was guerrilla warfare against the Nicaraguan population propped up by our own CIA Absolutely. and the vested interest of the CMP. So it's just, you know, it's, it's very interesting about that. 
depending on who you ask, you know, you'll have um, Oliver North on, on on Fox News and War Stories and Sean Handy calling Oliver North a great American and saying <laughs> what we did over there. Even Alex Jones now is saying that the Iran-Contra affair was a good thing and Ronald Wilson Reagan was a great president. Rex <clears throat> is, 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 you know, is not for us. The FEMA camps are not for us. They, they were for, um, Amer- they were for uh, illegal immigrants that are going to come across the border from the destabilization of, of the Iran-Contra affair. Uh, mm. So it's, it's just mind-blowing of how they're still defending this to this day, Neil. But that, that, I mean, that's, that's the point. And you, you're dead right. You're absolutely right. And, uh, and thank you for, for that information on Israel. So I was not aware of that. Um, but the, this is the whole point, isn't it? This is what mind control is. Um, people would think it's something grand, like putting a chip in someone's head or something. It's not. It's perception management. If you can change InfoWars, if, if you can get InfoWars fans to all of a sudden do a 180 degree turn and now be fans of Ronald Reagan, like, it wasn't so long ago that Alex Jones was calling the, the cops jack-booted thugs. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. And doing decent stuff like his police state films. Yeah. Showing, you know, showing infiltration of the black bloc and stuff like that, that. And then, again, he just totally flipped and went against all of his past sort of discoveries and uh, and um, and uh, uh, exposés. And well, well he, he's the one who popularized the term the left-right paradigm. Yeah. And, and uh, that's where we got it from. And... You know, I, as someone who, in my book, Hidden History, Billy Ray can test. I mean, I wrote about all the subjects John was just talking about in depth mm-hmm. in there, and yeah. it, it was it was awful to hear Alex start excusing the Rex eighty four things, which he had yeah. obviously been criticizing before. But you're right; he was completely different. I I watched him the other day for the first time in a long time. He's he's, but, he's turned into Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he he not I'm even. He, I don't think pills. he's even as extreme as Rush Limbaugh anymore. Because I I thought you know I don't know if you know the speech Trump made a couple of days ago in which he completely, basically gave what what was left of his supporters one final swift kick because yeah. he basically came out for red flag gun confiscation. Yeah, yeah. He, he used. I mean, he did. He basically said he just sounded like one of his critics. Not that it will change the way they treat him, but. Alex Jones didn't. I thought. Well, let me see what he says about this speech. He literally didn't say anything about it. And he no, no, I've noticed that as well. Like he just with the social, Yeah, it's amazing. Point, yeah, it's just amazing. He didn't even mention the speech, and I said, "Ah, oh, this this is unbelievable." And it's it's well, it's. Sorry, I, I don't know if I, I have the timeline correct on this, but didn't Alex Jones start flipping about the time he was having a very expensive divorce? Yes, it was around that time. It was around, actually. It's pretty much you can actually trace it back to. And I guess we're getting ahead of ourselves because Alex Jones has always been in bed with the CMP. Mm-hmm. Uh, but n- nonetheless, it was around the time where Roger Stone uh, yeah. showed up, around well, 2000. Yeah. Even, even before that, I feel. It, beginning yeah. 2015. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think it was even Trump, before that. Go ahead, Doug. I think, it was the, you know, I think it was the Trump campaign. And I had somebody you know who had a little contact with Roger Stone. Roger Stone actually uh, loved my book, Hidden History, and he called me. And we talked on the phone. This is before he became kind of a household name. And he was t- – in fact, he actually asked me because I had been on InfoWars once, only one time, never asked back. And he uh, he said, "What's your secret getting on there?" And, you know, he later became you know like the co-star of. Works there, yeah. He works for them. Yeah, but he he uh, he was telling me, uh, you know, he's the one who really got me interested in Trump because that I've known him thirty years, and he knows about all the conspiracies. You're going to love him. I said, okay. Uh-huh. Right. That, I mean, that always the, when I found out that, that Roger Stone and Paul Manafort essentially created the concept of lobbying through Manafort, Black and Stone, that was when I was like, and Alex Jones, come on, if I, if I know that, Alex Jones knows that. Okay, which is, again, was the mainstay of, of, of his argument for a long time was corporate interests in infecting politics from outside yeah. or, uh, you know, 
although he doesn't tend to talk about the NRA, but anyway. Um, but but do you know what I mean? And and again, that that's just a real real red flag. Roger Stone is not a, a man to be trusted. No, I, I want to take it back real quick, right? Because we were talking yeah, sure. about just because uh, you know we got into Alex, but there's a reason why Alex flipped, or mm. or like John mentioned, he might have been compromised from the beginning, right? Mm. And and we just you know it was an operation of some sort. I don't know. Now we talked about drugs, and the new drug is technology. Right, mm. That's the new drug. Social media is the new drug, right? The, the military industrial complex has realized something that they needed to merge with the technocrats and the technocrats and the military industrial complex have come together. And now we're in deep trouble. Yeah. Right? Cambridge well, Analytica. Well, an interesting point go as ahead, well. Go ahead. Come on. The sort of cognitive dissonance of, uh, of certain people is that. Trump, I've been reliably informed by Trump, Breitbart, all these other places, basically, that the deep state is Facebook, Google, uh, and uh, the other one, Twitter, and that basically they're, they're absolutely against the Trump administration and they're the enemy. Well, Trump announced the other day, or the Trump administration announced the other day, that in this coming trade deal, or a supposed trade deal with the, with the UK, one of the things he insisted on was that those three companies pay no tax in the UK. Hmm. I say, like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> it's almost yeah. like, like it totally contradicts everything that you've been saying. Well, he also said he, we want to work with these social media sites. And then, they, again, most of the people that have been banned from these sites or people like Alex Jones and people that supported Trump. And he really gave it to his supporters by saying that and talked about hate crimes and mm -hmm. speed, speeding up the, uh, the, 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 the due process of law, which is very frightening. Let's just execute him. I mean, just very – it was one of the worst speeches I, I've ever heard an American president deliver. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, react to that, and then we'll keep going. Go ahead. No, no, you're absolutely, absolutely correct, basically, because it's, I mean, Trump wouldn't have got elected without social media, exactly. without those, those three platforms. That's exactly where I want to go, right? Because yeah. Trump wouldn't have got elected without social media. So it's almost like doublespeak. Talk yeah. to us about Cambridge Analytica. Talk to us about it. Give us something. Okay, so Cambridge Analytica is a it no longer exists but it's a it's a data mining um, corporation its slogan is data driven behavior change and what it promises um and uh, has done since uh, it, it was created in about 2013 with money from robert mercer who's a very very right-leaning shall we say um, a billionaire and hedge fund uh, owner who is also involved in artificial intelligence uh, and good friend of ex Goldman Sachs uh, banker uh, uh, and a proud racist Steve Bannon uh, and it's, what they did was they put money into this company called SCL. SCL is a psyops firm that's run by a gentleman called Nigel Oakes who used to be or claims to have been an MI5 spy. What these companies do is they control elections. That's what they boast about doing. If you've got enough money, they will go into a, a and they will do a campaign that will win an election. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, now, Cambridge Analytica got exposed um, by a couple of people, one in a, a Channel 4 um, documentary, showing the sorts of things that they might do in order to uh, to uh, win elections and they would they would go as far as doing honey traps which is sending beautiful women uh, and 
compromising people so that they could be blackmailed. They would go so far as to setting up fake companies and offering people incredibly lucrative jobs that then they would, again, use as blackmail because these companies would, would be exposed to be dodgy in some way or whatever. So all these types of espionage scenarios in order to manipulate people behind the scenes in, in politics, which is, is on its own incredibly nefarious. <laughs> Excuse me. Why do companies exist whose sole purpose is to go against the democratic principle of an election and to do it in a, in a secretive way to the highest bidder? Um, so what happened with Cambridge Analytica, who were set up by these people and were behind the Trump campaign and the most recent leave campaign uh, to for, for the UK to leave the European Union. This has been a referendum of a couple of years ago, and they were responsible for, for the leave campaign. They were successful on both of these campaigns. And how they did this, which they admitted to, was now that, there, is, there are echoes of uh, you and Cameron in this, uh, in as much as they mined your data. They stole it and bought some of it and also manipulated you by making you do quizzes. They wouldn't make you do quizzes, but they did quizzes which you seemed to th thought were innocuous, but they're basically building up data points about you, what you like, what you don't like, what triggers you, what makes you angry, what makes you sad, what makes you happy. And they're monitoring you. They're monitoring your messages, your, text, uh, your texts, they're monitoring all your Facebook activity. Alexander Nix, the CEO of Cambridge Analytica, at one point said that they had over 5,000 data points on every single American of voter age. Now, let's just say that I'm supposed to play a prank on you and make you scared. If I know nothing about you, it's probably going to be difficult. If I know you're scared of spiders, well, that's a lot easier. If I know 5,000 things about you, and how you're going to react to certain situations because I've tested it again and again and again, then I can control you. I can manipulate you. Well, how did they do this? Well, they started looking at your likes. And, and uh, Aaron Banks, who was the, the campaign manager for, for Leave.eu and main donor to the Brexit party, he said, um, and UKIP, he said that a, a like is the most incredible thing, the most beneficial thing that we can have because we we put it into the, the AI algorithms and the computer never stops watching you and the computer never stops building a picture of you and learning about you. And he was told that that was really, really creepy. And he says, yeah, I know. That's why I'm not on Facebook. Anyway, so what they'd do is they'd find out what you like, what you don't like, and then they'd start micro-targeting you. Now, how this works is, they set, they put they create adverts specifically targeted at your trigger points. They they will be specifically for you, and most of them were produced on uh, a platform called Gatestone Media, which is owned by um, Nina Rosenwald, who is the woman who's the heir to the Sears um, network. She's also involved in Rebel Media. They would create stories that were going to hype people up, mostly about immigration and about terrorism. And uh, a lot of them had a certain amount of racism in, in there because they, they found that they were, this was pushing people's buttons. As early as 2014, they discovered that the phrase lock her up was going to be really effective for Hillary Clinton because people really didn't like her and they liked the idea of putting her in prison. <laughs> they discovered familiar. the idea of people swarming over a wall 
and the idea of building a wall for security was really resonating with voters. They also discovered that they felt that people felt disenfranchised and people felt that um, the, the establishment was corrupt and that they really wanted to drain the swamp. They also uh, uh, basically um, uh, came up with the, the phrase, uh, make America great again. And they came up with all these talking points that were the mainstay of Trump, lock her up, um, build the wall. Uh, what were the other ones that he shouted? Drain the swamp. Oh, I'm sorry. Swamp. And the concept of the deep state. They, they, they discovered from these quizzes and from these likes that people were very, very concerned of intelligence operations and, uh, and you know, the power behind the power. And so they very, very cleverly manipulated that and created phrases that they knew would be good for their candidate as early as 2014. And they were actually going to be used by Ted Cruz, who was the, the original candidate in America. But then they found that Donald Trump was actually more presentable on television and, and was more saleable. So they halfway through the campaign switched and, and went to Donald Trump. At the same time, so you're getting all these micro-targeted um, adverts that are riling you up, making you angry, really, really sort of directing you. They're directing you to a whole node of new media like Breitbart, Drudge Report, Infowars, who are all repeating these same stories. These same stories about creeping Sharia law in Germany and creeping Sharia law in Italy and creeping Sharia law in France and a 13-year-old girl being raped and, and, not, and, and the perpetrator not being punished in Sweden. And uh, what was the other one? And child uh, marriages now being legal in Europe to appease Muslims. None of those stories are true. There, there are other stories as well, like um, uh, the idea that um, Hillary Clinton was a cannibal and that she got the Kuru disease. That was actually a Cambridge Analytica invention. Um, the idea that Julian Assange had, had unearthed that Hillary Clinton had personally financed ISIS. That was also a Cambridge Analytica uh, invention. The idea that the Pope had said that Trump was a great man was also a Cambridge Analytica invention. So you get all these stories, they're appealing to you, and then you get in a whole raft of new friends because what they do is they create sock puppet accounts. Sock puppet accounts are, um, it's, it's, it's a fake account, but the algorithms and the AI is so sophisticated now that basically, sometimes they're run by a person who'll be running like 30 different accounts, but often they're just basically, they interact, they're bots. And these were getting so sophisticated that they were having conversations with people, directing people, showing them new, perhaps even more extreme sites like the Daily Stormer and things like that, directing them to online content like Stephen Crowder and Turning Point USA and PragerU and all of these different things, which are essentially giving you the same message, the same message over and over again, which just so happened to be the lies and campaigns of Cambridge Analytica. Cambridge Analytica just so happens to be a weapon. It is considered weapons grade communication tactics. It is a psychological warfare weapon of the British government and is under export control, which means that it cannot be used without the say so of the British government, which means that elements of the British government, as we'll find out later, elements of the CIA wanted Trump to be elected. That is beyond doubt because that the weapon of the British government, which was also used by Mossad to elect Viktor Orban in Hungary and also to elect uh, Bolsonaro in Brazil and also to promote um, uh, and to elect Modi in India and to promote Salvini and Gert Wilders and Nigel Farage and Marianne Le Pen and Alice Waddell. Are we seeing any particular pattern here? 
And this was all done via a mechanism that is considered a psychological warfare weapon of the UK government and of, uh, to, to an extent, the Israeli and American government. So we've all been manipulated, but the manipulation runs very, very deep. Um, yes. As, as we can tell, even though I, I didn't vote for Trump, but I can understand how a lot of people did. They Absolutely. played at the emotions of so many people. Of course, that was the clever thing. And that's what really, really so galling about it is because they, they knew that people felt disenfranchised. They, quite rightly so, they knew that, that people felt cheated. And so what they've been doing is they've been um, stoking this concept of popularism, the man of the people, the man who's just like you. He says it like it is. He talks like you. You could have a beer with him. Mm. And yet, strangely, at the same time, all of these people are multimillionaires or billionaires, um, which seems a bit incongruous to me. But, um, but yeah, no, that's entirely what they did. They played on people's fears. They, they found out what made you tick. They found out what made you afraid. And they used that in order to manipulate you in the in the way that they wanted you to go. Uh, and even if you want to be, take it further, to clamour for that because you felt that it was going to be um, it was going to be good for you, and it was going to be um, a way to fight back again against the deep state. You were going to drain the swamp. You were going to, you know, make America great again uh, with it, with the Brexit, the, uh, with with the EU referendum. The vote leaves um, um, slogan was take back control. And, and again, that's incredibly appealing. I, I, I totally understand it. And um, unfortunately, it would appear that the more you look into it, the more that turns out to not be true, that essentially the things that they were promising you, you either had already or weren't there. I mean, that, that's, that is an important point as well. The, every bit of propaganda has to have an element of truth in it. People do feel, rightly or wrongly, um, threatened by multiculturalism, threatened by concepts of immigration, threatened by ideas of losing their job, right? So, you, so they played on those fears and either um, expanded them to ludicrous degrees or just simply made them up because they fit that narrative. And, and that's the problem. And, you know, it was genius at the same time. OK, what was Trump saying? What was he saying about the media? Fake, Fake news. news. Yeah. So anybody that was going, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. All of a sudden would make met, met with, well, that's because it's fake news. It's the media. You've got this almost cult like um, concept where people are drawn almost evangelically to, towards towards uh, towards this this savior figure. Um, now, here's the other thing. Um, there were proven um, factories that were set up uh, in, I think it was in Macedonia, um, where they hired students to essentially write and spread fake pro-Trump, anti-Hillary Clinton um, uh, propaganda all over the place. Uh, and and they, they found they found a few of these entire factories that were set up to do do this. Now it was never actually sort of revealed where um, this this was coming from. Now a lot of people are expecting me to start shouting Russia at this point. <laughs> no, 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 no. Right, this is nuanced. If you don't think that Russia were trying to influence our election, then you're a bit silly because of course they were because everyone's trying to affect everybody's election. Did they do it? 
effectively to the degree that it is being portrayed at? I don't think so. And I've read the Mueller report and I agree with what he says, but I think that that is essentially a cover that was not very effective. I think that is a cover for Cambridge Analytica's connections to British and American intelligence. That makes perfect sense to me. And we're going to explore all that. I got a couple of questions that I'm going to get the guys in here to, uh, you know, react to what you just uh, dropped on us. Right. So I was under the impression that Ted Cruz um, actually bowed out of this, not that he was passed up for Trump. I might be wrong, but just tell me about it. Um, well, as far as I'm aware, basically Robert Mercer, who is um, again the, the the billionaire who's backing him, Mercer Technologies. His daughter is Rebecca Mercer. She's good friends with Ivana Trump. Um, he's the guy that put the money into SCL to create um, to create uh, Cambridge Analytica, and he's also the person who put the money into Breitbart. Uh, and rebel media so all the nodes of rebel media are also connected to this this is how clever this was it created a whole host of alt media and basically utilized that to spread its propaganda did like pretending that it was anti-establishment when it clearly isn't um the what happened apparently was can you remember when the wikileaks came out and it found out that, that hillary clinton and the dm uh, the dnc were illegally putting um ca- uh, campaign uh, they were promoting donald trump in conservative newspapers because what happened was they saw what a buffoon he was what a clown he was i still to this day don't think donald trump wanted to be president i think he wanted to lose so that he could rally against the the <laughs> evils of, of the deep state but whatever like but um but anyway what happened was basically this gave them a huge, huge amount of free publicity. The DNC promoted Trump in a sort of false flag way as here's the guy you want, here's the guy you want, and it backfired. It gave them, it gave him a huge amount of free publicity. And Robert Mercer being rather savvy, when you know what, this guy, this guy actually has got a lot of. He's going to appeal to that that swing state voter, that undecided person, because we can paint a personality on him. I mean, you've got to remember, like he was a liberal. He was a, he was a uh, pro-life New York liberal for the majority of his life, uh, and then all of a sudden he's he's, he's basically espousing um, well Heritage Foundation <laughs> uh, uh, policies essentially. Uh, but but that's what happened. Apparently, Robert Mercer went to this think tank in America called the Heritage Foundation and proposed to several people there that that Ted Cruz would not be as good a candidate as Donald Trump. Apparently, all the candidates had to do a speech. There was like a half an hour speech at the Heritage Foundation. And at the end of the day, they decided to change their allegiance to Donald Trump. Well, preliminary, because they had to check with Another think tank, which we'll come on to later, mm-hmm. but that—that that is that is the, the, what has been reported. Um, uh, in fact, I think that was even Robert Mercer that, that, that or, the, or Rebecca Mercer that, that sort of copped to that to that one. Uh, but yeah, that, that's certainly what I've, I've found. Perfect, Neil. Perfect. And you touched on heritage, and we're going to touch on that. And I know John has some stuff on the Heritage Foundation and that other think think tank that nobody will talk to me about, except for Neil <laughs> and John. So uh, I want to I want to know more about that. Don, I'm going to get you in here real quick. Right. Um, It appears that uh, our thoughts are not our own. (laughs) I think that's putting it mildly. Go ahead. Don. React. Well, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's we're clearly most people don't think. I think Thomas Edison said way back when that only one percent of the people are capable of independent (laughs) thought. And this was before a lot of these uh, huge organizations and the technology 
we have now. But I, you know, getting to, to Trump, I mean, I, I have essentially concluded now that he's basically uh, he, he's an actor and essentially a crisis actor. He's really no different from what you see in some of these productions that they that they're constantly out there. And and, uh, and this, I think he was hired to play a role. And I think uh, we can see on the other side the left right paradigm that the AOC is admittedly her brother has said she was hired for the part. So I thought it was interesting when you said all the candidates had to give a speech because I think this may be coming clear to everyone that these people are hired to play roles. And I don't know that any of them have any real principles. Because certainly in Trump's case, his entire history refutes what he was saying. And a lot of this were, were fooled enough by his, that people tell me. Because I voted for him. And I, I said, look, I, I don't regret doing it. I didn't, it's not like I had a choice. You know, who, I mean, I just took a chance that maybe – the way America's structured, the only way we're ever going to get an outsider in, it would have to be a disgruntled, renegade billionaire. Because that's the only Precisely. way you could possibly bring. So I thought, well, you know, maybe this guy has been seeing this stuff for a long time and he silently objected to it. I mean, of course, I mean, obviously, I, I knew there wasn't much of a chance, but, you know, I don't know, you know, as they say, if, if voting could change anything, they'd make it illegal. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I mean, you, you nailed it there, mate, because that, that's precisely the thing. They sold the man. They, they, you know what I mean? They, they sold the, the idea of the man. I mean, I remember when he started, I can't remember, what the, but he had seven things that he was going to do. One of them was going to be limit term times, and one of them was going to be something like that. And it was like, you're not going to do any of those things because those <laughs> require Congress to pass them. And essentially what you're asking them to do is shoot themselves in the foot. And not, that, that, so that, that was ridiculous. But, but you're right, they sold the idea of the guy. And... <clears throat> What's really important to know as well, um, and, and for people to understand from my perspective, is that Hillary Clinton was awful. You didn't want Hillary Clinton as a president for crying out loud. She's a terrible monster of a person. <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. <laughs> and, and that also was what why what came down into Capradon was the fact that basically she was a fo- she was far more unpopular than she actually thought yeah, she was. Yeah. She thought that basically this was a shoe in and like come on. She was arrogant, and that arrogance came off uh, and. Trump, I think, expertly played on that by rebuffing that, but by, you know, um, pinching her nose, if you like. You know, I mean, he, he, he showed up her arrogance. And so I totally, totally get it, like, um, uh, because it, it was very, very clever marketing. You know, back, back to the, John, I'm going to get you in here because I know you got notes and I, I, know, I know you're itching. So I'm going to get you in here right now. But um, back to the to the comment that Don made about <coughs> Trump being an actor and, and a, a hired one at that, you know, mm-hmm. I think there's some merit to it. Definitely with AOC, she she has admitted it to it. But let's look at Donald Trump. We don't need him to admit to it. We know where he comes from and what he's done. Reality television and um, the WWE. WWE. <laughs> you know, and I, I'm going to go back to yeah. it. I'm going to go back to the professional wrestling aspect of this. This guy mm-hmm. can cut a promo better than anyone he knows how to talk he can hold an audience he knows how to deliver a message they gave him the message he delivered it he knows how to play people because that's what he needs to do in a professional wrestling scene he's a wwe hall of famer okay (laughs) somebody sent me a video yesterday and i'd not seen it and i'd not made the connection can you remember that stephen king film the dead zone I don't. Do- Donald Trump is remarkably similar to the Martin Sheen character who becomes president just so that he can destroy the world and be famous. Like, wow. it, like somebody sent me a clip of it. It's Stephen King actually talking about it, <laughs> and very, very similar techniques, rabble rousing techniques, and uh, 
uh, and uh, rhetoric and uh, and presentation techniques and stuff like that. It's, it's quite funny. It's, it's it, yeah, it's interesting. I'm, I'm gonna have to check that out. Anyway, John, get in here, man. What's up? So you know the term uh, "Make America Great Again," you know, originally came from Ronald Wilson Reagan. Uh, the same players that we're talking about now, the Heritage Foundation um, and their involvements in the Reagan administration, and their involvements in the Trump administration. Actually, Bill Clinton actually said uh, make America great again, too, uh, during some of his speeches, though it was not his campaign slogan, mm. uh, which is very interesting uh, as well. Uh, Deep State, of course, originating uh, possibly um, from from I think it was Turkey, I believe. And, it was Turkey. And, and mm. later on, um, uh Peter Dell Scott using it, and then eventually, you know, being used by Trump. Uh, Draining the swamp was actually used far back uh, with um, the currency uh, reset scams that parallel QAnon. Uh, currently today, you see it, you know, with oh, the really? dinar, the Iraqi dinar, and and everything. You see that, but it was written by a book, a uh, book with Nasara, which was the the National Economic Reset Plan. A man named Harvey Barnard. He titled his book "Draining the Swamp: Monetary and Fiscal Policy Reform." Um, so then again, you see how modern day of how the QAnon movement started in the 90s. They used to talk about how white hats within the United States military were going to um, initially work with Bill Clinton and then eventually overthrow Bill Clinton because he's corrupt. And it's just hilarious how that you know goes and uh, probably will go with the QAnon movement and Trump eventually will become undeniable to the point where they have to throw him under the bus. And it's just same old think tanks running these same old scams that they've been running infinitum just with greater technology now. Uh, that they're able to, to do more infiltration that way. Uh, but one interesting thing, too, as well, was that, um, uh, Neil, are you aware of, of John Cl Kenneth Blackwell? Uh, I don't think so, no. Okay, so John Kenneth Blackwell, um, there is a controversy surrounding him that he was, um, he, during the um, George W. Uh, Bush uh, re-election um, campaign in uh, 2004, um, it pretty much now, you know, I don't, I'm not in defense of George W. Bush. I'm not in defense of John Kerry. You know, they're both uh, yeah. same side, two yeah. sides of the same coin. Skull and bone um, pieces of filth. Go ahead. Yeah. But <laughs> however, though, um, John Kenneth Blackwell uh, during that time period was a, uh, the Secretary of State of Ohio. So it does appear that there was some electric fod with his Diebold machines that occurred. And, and Ohio was the state. You know, if Kerry would have won Ohio, he would have won the presidency. If Bush would have won Ohio, he would have won, you know, but he did win Ohio. So he, he would have won the pre He did win the presidency. Um, so it's very interesting of how 2016, you see almost the same election fraud. And I actually argue, and we'll talk about why later, that Trump has been set up to be the president for I don't know how many years um, by a certain think tank that we'll get to. Yeah. Um, but um, John Kenneth Blackwell is was was on uh, Trump uh, Donald John Trump's uh, election integrity committee, Neil oh, Sanders, uh, right. and okay. so he may have had an influence in the 2016 elections. He may have had influence in the 2018 elections, and he's really good friends with this uh, Twitter advocate no known as Ali Alexander, which I'm pretty sure Neil, you know who Ali Alexander is. Um, and so him and Jay Kenneth Blackwell are very close with one another. And of course, you know, Ali Alexander gets his funding from Blackwell. He gets his funding from Foster Freeze. So, of course, a part wow. of this other think tank yeah. that we're going to talk about in a minute. 
Um, but I do think that they had a way of shaping the election. Now, I voted for Donald John Trump. I horribly regret it now. I had no idea about this think tank that we were talking about and their involvement in the truth movement. Um, and I fell in hook, line, and sinker, even though if you would have asked me 2004, has any president ever been for us? I'm 2014. If any president has been for us, I would have said no. At that time, I was more awoke then than I was in 2016 because I fell for Cambridge Analytica's lies. I fell through this think tank that we're going to talk about their lies, the Heritage Foundation lies. And I voted for Trump. Of course, I woke up slightly after um, he started appointing people because I was like, wait a minute, these people are swamp creatures. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it doesn't make any Every sense. One of them. You know, uh, <laughs> so. Yeah. It's it's interesting. So, do you, what do you, what do you got to say to any of that information, Neil? Well, I mean, all of, all of what you said makes perfect sense, and and that that's yeah, that they're just essentially trotting out the same methodology, but they've they've hyped up the the delivery. Uh, that that makes perfect sense. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I can't uh, can't argue with, with with anything that you did that you said there. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is this is this is the point. It, it, um, I totally understand why people did make these votes. I want to make that clear. It's not like this isn't a, a criticism. It, it, it people were put in an incredibly difficult situation, um, and they, they were tricked essentially. So, what can you do? It's just it, it's horrific. But yeah, it's very interesting that it all ties back to uh, that uh, that particular think tank again. <laughs> and I want to talk about it, right? And um, I want to talk about the rise of, of conservatism here in the United States. I mean, throughout the world, I guess, with Brexit. I want to talk a little bit about Nigel Farage. Mm -hmm. I want everybody to go to Neil Sanders' website. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a link to it in the show notes, in particular to this, this um, I don't know, graph, I guess. What, what, what do I call this? Like, it's a, oh, a it's connection a map. It's a lunatic thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. I mean, I want everybody to go check it out, right? So this is uh, uh, neilsandersmindcontrol.com. And, uh, you know, have at it, guys, like sit there and you have forget about Netflix for about a week and uh, and explore this stuff because it's interesting. But I, I want to talk about the rise of, uh, of the, you know, of, of the right, you know, and uh, and the manipulation of the alternative movement, because it's clear that we've been manipulated just through Alex Jones, just to seeing yeah. what's going on there. So it's clear that there's something wrong. Right. All yeah. stuff I want to talk about. Um, but before we do that, I want you to explain what the, the Heritage Foundation is and, <laughs> and how they're important here, because people are going to hear the Heritage Foundation and have no idea what the hell you're talking about. You know, like, well, it's, that's just it. It's something new. Let me get Don in real quick, and then I want to hit Heritage Foundation. Come on, Don. Well, yeah, when you talk about the rising concern, I think as I've written about the, the, the fake left-right paradigm, I'm a populist. I hope I am a genuine populist. And my hero is Huey Long, who I think was maybe the last <laughs> powerful genuine populist, and of course he was killed. But uh, you know, when you look, you look at the Ronald Reagan, you talk about it, there were so many parallels to Reagan, because Reagan transformed the right a great deal. Up until that point, the right was concerned uh, – more with uh, like anti-communism and things like that. But yeah. because of the rise of the neocons, they drifted into this Ayn Rand type of worship of the marketplace and the greed is good. You remember back in the 80s, one of the best sellers was uh, um, you know, looking out for number one. And the bumper sticker of, of choice back then was he who dies with the most toys wins. So this, this narcissism became very evident in the 80s, about the same time the consolidation of wealth, as I've wrote about in Survival of the Riches really started happening, the death of unions and all that stuff, but the right was transformed forever. And Reagan's record against his rhetoric was almost as bad as Trump's, because Reagan didn't even cut a single, a single sub-agency of government 
During yeah. all his years, the government continued to grow, and he actually raised taxes on everyone except for the one percent. Now they, you know, basically the one percent was like Donald Trump's Israel, or Trump is keeping his promises to Israel, not to mm -hmm. America. But uh, Reagan did slash taxes, I think, from seventy-two percent to. 28% or something unbelievable, and also raised the bottom rate from 13 to 15%. But he also, as a great tax cutter, and, and his, his people were just as much a cult as Trump's people's are, that he raised Social Security taxes and he started taxing Social Security, a double tax. And no one, no one mentions that today because the right has changed tremendously. Now it's more of a cultural thing, just as the left would change forever in the 90s under Bill Clinton, when, when they became, instead of being concerned about civil liberties, being anti-war, uh, concerned about the little guy, yeah. uh, pro-union, they became this social identity, political correct monstrosity, these authoritarians that want to stifle free speech instead of the old civil libertarians that want to protect free speech. Well, I mean, that, that it's very interesting that you mentioned Reagan and Clinton, because um, I think this is possibly a, a, a good way to sort of in, in a sort of backdoor way introduce the Heritage Foundation. Nice. 60%, I think it was 62% actually, 62% of policies enacted by Reagan uh, were, were taken from um, the Mandate for Leadership, which is a policy doctrine that was designed by the Heritage Foundation. Uh, so this... The Heritage Foundation was formed in, in uh, the early 70s, 73, essentially by um, uh, Joseph Kors, or with money from Joseph Kors, the, the, the beer magnate, uh, who was described as a little bit right of Attila the Hun. And I also just wanted to say that this, all of this information I got, because John pointed me in the right direction for this, he pointed me in the direction of his own fabulous research and, <laughs> and, and the book, The Cause Connection. And I wouldn't have known any of this uh, without um, the, the help of, of John. So I, I, I just want to make that absolutely 100% clear. Um, it was formed with um, a gentleman called Paul Weyrich and uh, a, another man called Edward Fauna. And it, for just to sort of start it off, Paul Weyrich has got some rather dodgy mates, including like Laszlo Pastor, who just so happened to run a pro-Nazi party in Hungary and was basically uh, um, convicted of collaboration uh, during uh, during this or after the Second World War. Um, he's, he's very right-wing, anti-LGBT and also anti-Semitic uh, beliefs are far from a, a, a secret. The point of this think tank, which is pulled in with luminaries like Fred Koch, and, and other huge, huge business owners um, was essentially to uh, counter the Brookings Institution. The Brookings Institution was a think tank that was basically a research centre that was giving sort of research to governments and suggesting policy. And they decided, you know what, we want our own one of these, but we want one that, pr that promotes very, very conservative um, right wing WASP, essentially, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, um, promoting policies uh, and uh, and policies that essentially benefit the wealthy. A lot of these people are connected to the oil industry and to the petrochemical industry and to all the you know stock markets, banking, uh, uh, and that type of thing. The, the Heritage Foundation is is basically a who's who uh, of of rich sods. It's got trustees from Chase Manhattan Bank, Dow Chemical, General Motors, Pfizer, Sears, Mobile. And the whole point of this foundation 
is to come up with things that they think are going to be beneficial to that select group and they're going to push it to the candidate and how they do this is by the use of funding they 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 will deny or give funding uh, it's really as simple as that to the candidate that they believe is is favorable and to show the influence that they they have that the, the heritage foundation has the first copy of the, the mandate for uh, uh, for policy um, was, as I say, so the mandate for leadership, which is policy strategies, it, 60% of it was used by Reagan, which means that six out of 10 of the things that they wanted, the president did for them without asking, without asking uh, at all. Um, I, I, I've got a long list here, right, okay, and this, this is a little bit indulgent, but if you just give me a second, basically, yeah, this will give you an idea of what the Heritage Foundation really does. So Cambridge Analytical, which we've already discussed, was run, with, uh, was run by Robert Mercer, who is in the Heritage Foundation, and Steve Bannon, who is in the Heritage Foundation, and this was done with the help of British intelligence. The Thatcher government, which was the, the Prime Minister in the late 70s and for about 11 years in England, they basically based their policies on the Heritage Foundation's recommendation to privatise almost the entirety of British industry. And this was part of their special friendship with Ronald Reagan. So British Petroleum, British Aerospace, Cable and Wireless, Amersham International, National Freight, Brit Oil, Associated British Points, Enterprise Oil, Jaguar, British Telecommunications, British Shipbuilders, British Gas, British Airways, Rolls-Royce, British uh, Steel, BAA, British Water, British Electricity. They were all privatised which is mostly beneficial to big business uh, at the request of the Heritage Foundation. That's a think tank from another country dictating the policies that have spiralled out through the ages and had innumerable negative consequences, um, uh, that, which is outrageous. As you stated, the Reagan doctrine and the Reagan administration were based on recommendations from the Heritage Foundation. Obamacare was originally a policy that came from the Heritage Foundation. Um, the Clinton policy of removing welfare from huge swathes of people, which is called PRWORA, uh, and increased um, poverty in poor uh, areas in America by upwards of 50%, was a Heritage Foundation policy. So as you can see, this is the, they're, they're not shy about who they, they, they actually push. They just, um, they just want the, the, them, them to benefit. Operation Desert Storm was apparently um, a uh, based on the recommendation of the Heritage Foundation. There's a think tank in England called the IEA, which is desperately trying to privatise our NHS, our National Health Service, uh, and and make it so that it's not free for all. Um, and basically, politicians in England that were closely connected to Brexit, like David Davis, Boris Johnson, Daniel Hannan, Liam Fox, Michael Gove, they're under its wing. And it is connected to the Heritage Foundation. Turning Point UK is also is basically it's a new sort of again policy arm of the Heritage Foundation, and this is also trying to um, help with the trade deal in America and basically reduce 
uh, they want us to to reduce our, our food levels to FDA levels, which is basically, no offence, but it's not quite as high standard as, as in Europe at the minute. And Jacob Rees-Mogg is being paid by this organisation, and they're connected to the Heritage Foundation. Turning Point USA is actually financed by the Koch brothers, who are Heritage Foundation, and Betsy DeVos, who is Heritage Foundation. So Candice Owens and Charlie Kirk are basically stooges of big business and big government. But I, I assume people have figured that out already. No, no, William Regney, <laughs> who finances Richard Spencer and uh, is behind the NPI and the Charles Maltel Society, whose pro-Nazi grandfather came up with the, the phrase America First, is also connected to the Heritage Foundation and possibly the CMP. Dinesh D'Souza is Heritage Foundation. Reverend Jerry Falwell was Heritage Foundation and his political party, the Maori Majority, was Heritage Foundation Finance. The Montparnasse Society and the Bruges Society, which are basically all the pro-Brexit groups, are also financed by the Heritage Foundation. ALEC, who are basically rolling out the, the Dakota pipeline uh, and are connected to Coke Industries, which is obviously Heritage Foundation. Um, the tax cuts for the rich, the rollback on workers' rights, the attempted coup in Venezuela, um, which uh, have all been part of Trump's uh, presidency, were all part of the Heritage Foundation's new mandate for leadership. Basically, what they want to do is they want to overthrow someone in Venezuela who will be a stooge for America and give them their OPEC vote, which means that they will, with Brazil, who is now a stooge for America, they will have a controlling percentage, which means they can set world oil prices. Um, Bolsonaro was elected with the help of Cambridge Analytica, which is Heritage Foundation. The Atlas Network, which is a, a collection of destabilizing think tanks in uh, South America, is financed by the Heritage Foundation. Trump has, ex has installed over 60 members of the Heritage Foundation in administrative positions in his administration. Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, Betsy DeVos, Jeff Sessions, Scott Pruitt, Mick Mulvaney, Rick, Rick Perry, Mike Pompeo, John Bolton, <laughs> Mike Pence are all Heritage Foundation and were all proposed for their respective positions by the Heritage Foundation. Mm -hmm. Steve Bannon, Mike Pence, Kellyanne Conway are also members of the CMP. Breitbart was set up with money from uh, the Mercers, who are Heritage Foundation, and not many people know this, but it was also set up with money from the Koch brothers via GIA, which was Steve Bannon. Uh, and they are, of course, Heritage Foundation. Americans for Prosperity, which founded the Tea Party movement in America, is a Heritage Foundation group. Um, James O'Keefe and Project Veritas are financed by the Koch brothers, who are a Heritage Foundation. Dave Rubin is financed by George Mason University, which is a Koch brothers uh, subsidiary, and they are obviously Heritage Foundation. Rush Limbaugh, Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingraham are all financed by the Koch brothers to keep certain stories down and to hype others on their respective shows. Daily Caller is financed by the Koch brothers. Rebel Media is financed by the Mercers and the Koch brothers. Gatestone Media is financed by the Koch brothers. Glenn Beck was financed by the Koch brothers. Ben Shapiro is financed by the Wilkes brothers, who are uh, big in the fracking industry, and I believe they're Heritage Foundation. They're also putting money into PragerU, as is Dave, Dennis Prager, who I know to be Heritage Foundation. Now, the interesting thing about the Heritage Foundation as well is it was set up with money from, uh, of all the strange sources, the Unification Church of Sun Young Moon, or some, some would know this as the Moonies. Now, the, the Moonies were set up by two Japanese fascists 
and with money from the KCIA. The KCIA has long been exposed as being a conduit of, of, um, uh, of the CIA. He's financed by the CIA to, to essentially look at uh, North Korea. Uh, they finance um, uh, the, the Moonies, uh, therefore, uh, and the Moonies finance the Heritage Foundation, therefore the Heritage Foundation is financed by the CIA. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. Now, I know uh, John knows a lot about this, as you gave him a ton of credit, and we're going to j- go to John in a second. I, I do want to straighten out a couple, not straighten out a couple of things. I want to get some things clear that we didn't talk about, so we're going to do some production live on air we didn't talk about how much time you have, and we've ex- we've eclipsed an hour. Typically, what we do is we do an hour, but um, oh, okay. if you have time for me to flesh this yeah. out, then I'm good. I, so I assume we're going for two, two oh, hours. That's fine. So that's I'm fine with me. Good. It's at least two, so great. Like I mean, because we have some more to flesh out here. Now, Don yeah. is probably going to take off at the one forty-five mark. He's got something to do, but Don, no I, I, I just want to, John. I want to get Don in here real quick because he's going to go. Yeah, right? Billy. So um react to all of that and then we lead a couple of times he mentioned the council the council for national policy which is what no one will talk to me about and i really didn't know too much about this and again you gave john all the credit i have to give john the credit john called me out on air for it (laughs) he came (laughs) he came on my show and and he's like hey do you know what the council uh uh uh, for foreign uh, on foreign relations is i'm like of course i do yeah absolutely like do you know what the cmp is like no i don't you know and um he set that up, and, and, and now I'm, I'm fine with it because I like John, and we're cool. He's my friend, so we're cool. But he set me up <laughs> on there to see if I knew what this was. It's, it's my litmus test. Yeah. It's my litmus test. <laughs> so, um, and, and he's been hammering this in my head, and, you know, and, I, and I, asked, I, I really value Don's opinion. Uh, Don is, a, is a, ri- a ridiculously good researcher, a really smart guy, and, and I wanted to know what this was about, you know, and... and um, Don, give me your thoughts on this, man. What, what are you thinking here? Well, uh, you know, when he talks about the Heritage Fund, it certainly impresses uh, Im- impressive uh, litany of names and connections there. And you, you find these kind of connections everywhere. We do the same thing on the left with the same kind of uh, things. But, but I think what the Heritage Foundation really is code word for is it, it, they were associated again with the birth of this neocon movement, which really happened in the 80s. And the Heritage Foundation, Foundation, all these things have one thing in common, all these individuals you mentioned, and that is their an unswerving devotion to Israel. Hmm. Wow. Neil, Policy go ahead. Policy has, has, has been transformed into uh, something where everything we do, foreign policy-wise, for, for instance, what you know, Iran has is absolutely no threat to the United States at all. But Israel and these groups have been pushing for war with them for a very long time. Syria, the same way. We have absolutely no interest in this. And uh, when we went to Iraq, the entire Gulf War, all, all that, that was all about Israeli interests. The only the one that perhaps isn't is North Korea, but then you get into the, the central bank thing where all these countries are just happen to be the only ones that aren't playing the Rothschild game and they don't have a central bank. They just happen to be the only ones we're targeting. But So that's what I find fascinating about the Heritage Foundation. And again, it's 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 because, and then you, you become a limited, kind of a limited hangout type of thing. So you see the Ben Shapiro type of, of, of young people that are being pushed on air. They're always going to be, you know, they, they're, first of all, they're very anti-Islam. And we hear, when you talk about the Sharia law and all that stuff, 
And mm-hmm. I'm very cognizant of that, that we, we get, and you know, what's really ironic is that I, I mentioned this to somebody on Facebook and they didn't seem to get it, but everything that they say uh, about the, that is written in the Quran and where they say that, you know, uh, it, it, Sharia law allows you to have sex with three-year-olds and all that stuff, almost word for word. That's the same kind of thing I used to hear people who uh, were, were trying to blame the Jews, who yeah. said this is what the Talmud says. The exact yeah. yes. same thing. You can have sex with three-year-olds. So is any of it true? But again, it, it's so much it, – it, it, is anyone – I noticed you didn't mention Tucker Carlson there. I actually oh. think he's the only, only decent one on Fox News, so hopefully he doesn't have these connections. Oh, no, I did mention Tucker Carlson. He gets, <laughs> oh, he does. He does. So he gets, get paid, he gets paid oh, okay. by the Koch brothers to keep certain uh, stories out okay. of uh, okay. off his okay. shows and to promote other ones. That was That was proven by Politico magazine. Wow. And Glenn Beck. Yeah, it's horrible. Sorry. Yeah, I, I like Tucker, to too. What are you going to say? Anyway. I, um, um, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So real I, quick. I have a theory about the Israel thing. This may be very, very out there. But um, by looking at the, the connections to, um, and I, I may be incorrect about this, because to say, like, um, John's actually the expert on, on the CMP and the, the heritage. Um, they connected to the John Birch Foundation. Now, as yes. far as my yes. understanding goes, the quite a lot of these people genuinely believe um, in the rapture and that involves taking back the temple in Israel and so well, well hold on there's two different okay so let me let me speak on this real quick Mary. yeah okay. um so you know they, they are the, the 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 genesis of all this is the John Birch society uh, which yeah. later you know morphed into uh, heritage and and uh, the CMP and yeah. um, Western goals. Um, but the thing is, is you have they've always had strange bedfellows. You have pro-Zionists, um, some of them, a lot of them being uh, a Jewish, um, mm. on all these connection, on all these uh, groups that seem to to do what Don Jeffries is pushing, which is pushing for the state of Israel, uh, pushing for uh, neocon type wars for the state of Israel. But you also have these white nationalist Nazi connections too. Like they yeah. make strange bedfellows. Yeah. Uh, and you'll, you'll see the Regnery family. You'll yeah. see, um, uh, the Liberty lobby with Willis Carto. You'll see, um, uh, you'll see, um, Laszlo Pasflor. You'll see Jesse Helms. Mm-hmm. You'll see, um, Oh, what was, um, uh, the bell curve. And, uh, what was the, yeah. uh, what was the, the ethnic, there were some death, death, the eugenics and, and phrenology research that they were doing their specific pioneer fund, pioneer fund. So you'll see that. So it's weird that you'll see both sides and it's weird that most people don't talk about both sides. If you're left leaning, you're going to talk about the Nazi element. If you're yeah. right leaning, you're going to talk about the Zion, the pro Zionist element, but they seem to make strange bedfellows in the CMP. You have the Mercer's, warring with the regnaries and you could say well is that true is it false you know is it really a war are they really just agreeing in the end i don't know but when you talk about the rebuilding of the third temple you have you know some christians who will be pro-zionist who will be perfectly for you know the jews uh like the shabbat Luvich, uh cult you know rebuilding the third temple before yeshua comes back and then you'll yeah. have other christians like myself that say wait a minute that's not supposed to happen in revelation what are you guys doing that's yeah. you know that that's not that's not Christianity. That's false CMP. You know, yeah, no, push no, quite, quite, Christianity. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. I, I wasn't trying to suggest for a second that that, that was a, a widely held belief. I was I was wondering if, uh, as you say, that 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 element of the CNP felt that, or a certain element of them felt that that they could facilitate that by 
by seeming to be on Israel's side. I, I, again, I, I'm spitballing. No, you're right. I mean, you have David Horowitz, who went on Alex Jones and InfoWars, major accounts for national policy member, convincing Alex Jones that the Mossad had nothing to do with 9-11. The United States and Anglo interests had nothing to do with 9-11. It was just a Saudi Arabian hijackers. Mm. Like Alex Jones's, you know, part about 9-11 conspiracy is the conventional narrative now given to him by uh, David Horowitz. Mm. Uh, So that's where we're at now. You know, it's interesting when you guys mentioned Rush Limbaugh, CMP member as well, and David Limbaugh's brother. uh, He's more of a conspiracy theorist now than actually Alex Jones is. He's talking about Q. He's talking about all these conspiracy theories where, you know, uh, um, even though I believe Q's just info, he's more of a conspiracy theorist now. And even Michael Savage is, who's CMP member, you know, connections to Horowitz and Jake Sokolaw. Uh, So you, you you see all these connections between them and the narratives that they push and sometimes they go against it and sometimes they go for it um but like i said the zionists and the white nationalists make strange bedfellows when it comes to the council for national policy mm. no they yeah very much so Incredible. Well, so, and, and so much of, so much of this too is, is so much of this too is the reason you have so many strange bedfellows is because and i wrote about this extensively in hidden history is because the our intelligence agencies our own government has for decades has infiltrated all groups on the left and the right extremist groups so that you you have uh, and and you're usually the most vocal and uh, members that urge violence certainly in the black panthers on the left and the ku klux klan on the right you mm. saw this over and over again timothy leary was cia so was gloria yeah. steinem and gloria steinem was admitted cia so these the 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 and that's why for someone like me especially when you guys are talking about all these connections even someone like tucker carlson if they all have these, if, is there anybody out there with a voice of public prominence that isn't connected to one yeah. of these, uh, you know, manipulating someone? No, it's, it's just us. It's just us. <laughs> if you make it big, if you make it big, you, yeah. that's it. You're done, Don. You're done. Yeah. None of these people. I mean, you even look at, you could say Pizzagate being pushed by Roger Stone. I do believe there's some tra- truth to Pizzagate. Yeah. However, um, Tucker Carlson was uh, in two food articles, uh, review articles before the Pizzagate scandal. Uh, he was Comet Pizza Ping Pong's a very important guest. He would go there frequently yeah. with his family all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah, yeah. All right, Don, so are you sticking you sticking around or or? Uh... Well, I I'll stick around for well, I, I want to hear. I I can stick for fifteen minutes out, but I want to hear about the, this group that I I don't know. I have to confess I don't know very much about the CNP or whatever either. So I'd like to hear John uh, enlighten me as well. All right, Neil, I'm going to throw it to John, and then I'm going to have you react. You hear? Yes, no, I think that's 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 probably the best. John, go ahead, man, break it down. All right. So and I want to applaud all of Neil's work on the Atlas Network. Of course, you know, Trump's uh, pushing uh, Judy Shelton to be Federal Reserve Chairman and her connections to Atlas and Heritage Foundation and Cambridge Analytica. Um, And and so the CMP was something like Neil said that I sent to him um, that he was everything he was researching, but he didn't didn't come across that yet, which they try to keep it hidden as much as possible. Mm. So the Council for National Policy was founded in 1981. Um, as a, an antithesis to the Council on Foreign Relations. It was kind of like a, a right version, uh, more of a, some would argue, fascist, globalist, uh, or, or communist type, uh, you know, differentiation between the two, more of a, the- a theocratic uh, um, relationship with the CMP as well. So the CMP had many founding members. They had uh, Tim LaHaye, um, the, it was head of the Moral Majority. He was also the author of the Left Behind series. The oil baron Nelson Bunker Hunt, who 
Um, Don knows was, uh, you know, he, he was involved with putting up the Wanted for Treason posters with John yes, JFK yes. assassination, yeah. uh, which the John Burr Society a was involved in. Um, and also here recently, um, J.D. Tippett, Officer J.D. Tippett in the JFK files, it came out that he was head of the John Burr Society in Dallas, Texas. Uh, during that time. Um, so other members, of course, the millionaire T. Cullen Davis, who was implicated in, in, in two murders of his own family members. Um, uh, Paul Weirich, who you mentioned earlier and his connections to... Um, um, his, con his connection to Laszlo Pastor and Nazism. Um, and many people that have joined the CMP during the 1980s around that time were Phyllis Schlafly, uh, Major General John K. Singlob, who was part of Western Goals, who was part of the OSS and was a founding member of the Central Intelligence Agency. Uh, J. J. Peter Grace, the shipping magnate, who was connected to um, Iran-Contra affair. Uh, Pat Robertson of the Christian Broadcasting Network. Um, Edwin J. Fulner Jr. of the Heritage Foundation. Jerry Falwell. Uh, Trent Lott. Uh, I mean, Edwin Meese, uh, who was uh, for the Reagan administration, uh, John Ashcroft, um, Oliver North, uh, who actually spoke to the CMP and rallied them to donate to uh, the, the, the Contras uh, for the, during the Rand-Contra affair to overthrow the Sandinistas in Nicaragua. And I've read that speech on my channel, uh, YouTube channel. We've read the documents. Um, you have uh, the DeVos family, you have the Coors family, and of course the Coors family and their connections to Nazism, the Regnery family and their connections to pro being pro-Nazi in America First, and later to uh, the National Policy Institute and Regnery Publishing, which publishings, uh, publishes a lot of right books and a lot of conspiracy books. The Regneries are, uh, are very much tied into with the modern mm -hmm. uh, white nationalist push uh, through uh, um, uh, possibly the Red Ice Radio, maybe yeah. funding um, Adam Green um, yeah. and, and, and the like. Um, so, you know, th those are people that are what they call old guard uh, CMP members. Phyllis Schlafly, um, I'm probably missing a few. Is there any other ones that you can think of uh, through your research, Neil, before we move on to more modern CMP? Um, I think uh, now I think you've covered covered pretty much everyone. You, you mentioned uh, Edward Fauna and um, Jerry Falwell as well. Yes, I did. Um, yeah, yeah. And you yeah. know they had a lot of connections with uh, 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 of these this false Christianity. Well, uh, if I, if I could just if just interrupt yeah, one ahead. second. Uh, there, this reminds me very much. This is kind of an alternative uh, or, or a conservative version of the CFR. Exactly. With, with what Carl Oglesby wrote about in the Yankee and Cowboy War. Back in the seventies, and he was a—I think he was a member of the Students for Democratic Society. He was—he was a socialist, but he—it uh, was—it was ostensibly about the JFK assassination. He was a JFK assassination researcher, but he postulated that there was a a, a Yankee group, which is—I guess we'd think the, the CFR. And then a cowboy group, I guess, which would be the CNP types that were – now, I don't know. I tend to think there's somebody above it all controlling all these people. But uh, mm -hmm. that's interesting, though, because it reminded me of that when you when you mentioned the kind of the the, uh, the, uh, the differences between them. Very much so, Don. We have a W. Cleon Skousen as well. Of course, the Skousen yes. family being a, a truthers, a Joel Skousen yes. and his brother Mark Skousen. Interesting enough, their connections to the CMP. W. Cleon Skousen was also in the John Burr Society as well. Uh, you had many uh, generals, uh, General Daniel L. Uh, Daniel O. Graham, uh, Patton, um, not Patton from World War II, but his son that was in the, the uh, either Korean or Vietnam War, I don't remember, um, which one it was offhand. Uh, Robert Warren Stoddard, who was a millionaire, also funded the John Burr Society. 
Um, so yeah, these were these were old guard. My senator Jesse Helms, and this, of course, has connections to the Pioneer Fund and to Nazism from North Carolina. Uh, Jerry Falwell. Um, I'm probably reach you know we said some names. Mary Crowley. You know, these are all people that a lot of people might you know know who these people are. They're really big in the conservative movement. Really big in what I call false Christianity. Um, and 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 very pro-Israel in a lot of ways. Uh, so yeah, these were the old guard of the CMP. Uh, Lawrence McDonald as well, part, you know, part of the Western Goals. He was assassinated yeah. allegedly yeah, sure. um, yeah. by the Soviet Union. Meese and uh, Donald Hadell, who were Reagan cabinet secretaries. No, I did not. I did not mention him. Um, uh. And also, uh, um, oh, who was the uh, who was the Secretary of Education? Bill Bennett, William Bennett, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. and the drugs are under George H. W. Bush and the uh, Secretary of Education under uh, Reagan. Also, Reagan spoke. Uh, many times uh, to the CMP during his actual uh, presidency too, as well. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, at least it, he spoke to the CMP at least a total of six times. Many times while he was president of the United States. Um, so yeah, the CMP definitely is very powerful. They have been in control. You know, some people like um, uh, Jay Dyer will say, "Well, they're not in control now." Uh, I hate to tell you, but the Trump administration has many, many members who have spoken and were in the CMP, and we'll get to that. Um, so, yeah, I'm the, you know, they control the right. And, of course, above them, like the Bilderbergs above the CFR, you have even the more mysterious and something that I want you to look into and I'm looking into called La Circle. Mm. Uh, uh, they are uh, the rights version of the Bilderberg, and they are above the CMP. Now, now here's the thing, right? Before you take off, Don, I, I want I want your comments on this, right? So, yeah, yeah. In in the um, alternative movement, right, the truther movement, I hate that term, but let's use it so uh, everybody knows what I'm talking about. We've been, you know, storming Bilderberg for years, standing outside of Bilderberg and you know covering it. Nobody else would cover it, and and the Council on for, for on Foreign Relations. I, I get them both both mixed up now since since uh, since John's been hammering this on my head. But the Council on Foreign Relations. You know, we all knew about this. This was this was common knowledge to the alternative community. We all knew that they were behind it. Now, this was all pushed by Alex. Right. I mean, like Alex was at the forefront of making this public knowledge. As far as I remember it, I think I'm old enough to remember that. Yes, yes, yes. You know, and, and uh, you know, the Council on Foreign Relations is here in New York, you know, and, and uh, Rumsfeld and uh, Dick Cheney and their involvement, you know, in, in the 9-11 documents and, and all that other stuff. Right. All came mm -hmm. out. This is the devil. There was, it was a complete, like, it, it just go over there. They funneled us in one way and, and didn't tell us about the other half on purpose because they were all connected in, in some sense. You know, it's, it's, it's deceitful. It, we talk about a work, okay? Like, we, we've been manipulated on so many different levels. Even when we think we're quote-unquote woke, We've been manipulated even in that sense, in my opinion. Like, I mean, that's the way it looks like to me. Neil, react to that. Am I, am I off base? No, I think, I think you're absolutely right. And, like, I hate to find myself sort of defending uh, Alex Jones, but it, it, it is entirely plausible that, that you're absolutely correct that they are all connected because he essentially um, got his start from the John Birch um, book, Non-Dare Call It Conspiracy. That yeah. was essentially weird. So... It's entirely plausible. I think Admitted. that's very, very, um, yeah. very, very possible that, that essentially that's the point that either knowingly or unknowingly they were they were leaning you towards one one particular area, and I, I think that's yeah, I think it's very stupid. All right, Don. Thoughts, and then let us know where we can find you and your books and all that other stuff. 
Okay, yeah, and in, in my in my new book, uh, Crimes and Cover-Ups, American Politics, 1776-1963, forward by Ron Paul, very proud of it, off to a good start. I, I talk a lot about the, the foundation, the Reese Commission, the investigative foundations back in the uh, the 50s, Norman Dodd, the investigator, and it just, it just, it just this goes back a long time ago. Just, just to give you one example, the Carnegie Foundation for International Peace, during war, prior to World War One, they, when they investigated the Dodd Company, the, uh, the Reese Commission later, and the Investigative Foundation, they got their minutes, and they discovered that they were talking in, before World War One about how to get the United States involved in a, in, a, in a huge war. During World War, and this is the Carnegie Foundation for International Peace. Now, what is an organization that talking about war during the war? They were talking about how to to, to make the war drag on. So. I mean, all that's in my book, and it's 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 this it's kind of stuff uh, that uh, I think that uh, and what differentiates people like Bernie Sanders today, who's trying to talk about uh, wealth disparity a little bit, and people like Huey Long, who was assassinated for it, is that that's where a lot of this wealth is, or in these foundations. So it made me think of these foundations when you talked about uh, some of these other organizations, because these these organizations, whether it's the you know the uh, the Clinton Foundation or the uh, Rockefeller Foundation, the older ones like that, the Ford Foundation. Again, the Carnegie Foundation of International Peace. These foundations have tremendous wealth there. Nobody really knows what they're doing. Nobody knows how much wealth is there. So I think these are uh, important as well. And um, listening to you guys, I don't know. You know I, I get disillusioned a lot anyhow. <laughs> I, I, I'm wondering, like I said, if there's if there's any way to um, – you know, because because I'm you know we talked about Liberty Lobby a little bit there, and back back in the day I was a subscriber to the Spotlight, and I got a lot of information there that uh, wasn't published anywhere else, and I, I'm now writing for the American Free Press, which is what the Spotlight became. So hopefully nobody's controlling me. You know, <laughs> I don't think. But it, I mean, Don, I, I hate to tell you though, but Bill Cooper, who did not talk about the CMP, yeah. however, he talked a lot about. Uh, the Liberty Lobby and Willis Carto. Yes. And Coop, Cooper was, again, they have major connections to the Council for National Policy, major connections to these these same people, Don. And, and their, you know, Liberty Lobby's attorney was Mark Lane. You know, was my mentor, <laughs> the biggest uh, far left-wing critic of the uh, Warren Report, Rush to Judgment, uh, Dick Gregory. He sat on the Liberty Lobby's board of directors. Peter Dale Scott, who you mentioned earlier, who I have some questions about. I communicate with sometimes on Facebook, but he was... He was actually on there recently, and he's actually taken a task by a lot of people because he was actually kind of promoting the Russia, Russia, Russia nonsense, and uh, which I was really surprised to see somebody who's invented the term, like you said, deep state or deep politics uh, do that. So, you know, the more you investigate these people and look into these, there seem to be these kind of shadowy connections everywhere. And uh, so it does leave somebody disillusioned and even more cynical than ever. <laughs> and so... Uh, I'm not sure what the solution is. I I, I wrote an article. Uh, you know, hopefully Lou Rockwell doesn't have any of these, any of these uh, connections. <laughs> he does. He does. I'm sorry. Cry, John. That's it. Oh, <laughs> stop it. What does he got? Is, is it CNP as well or what? Yeah, they all have connections to the Council for National Policy. The job. I mean, you know, look at Willis Carto. He founded the Liberty Lobby. His connections to. I mean, he was literally a like a Nazi. He was a National Socialist. Um, and of course, him, you know, promoting David Dukes and also little Bobo Grits, uh, the Mormon uh, that uh, that uh, Bill Cooper used to rail against. Uh, you know, him being an agent of the Mormon Church. Um, so you know, they're all inter. That's the thing is, is they're all 
and we'll talk about Alex Jones later and, and, and Mark Levin and, and all all they're all tied into the CMP and before that the John Burr Society. So is there so you wonder if, is there anybody in public prominence that doesn't belong to the, to the CFR or the CNP? I mean, I, I, you know, and I think I think some of them don't even know. Yeah, I think that's I think that's accurate. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. Go, oh, go yeah. Well, I'm sure of that, and I'm I'm, I'm I'm certainly, and that's why I don't know if we can liken it to like the Masons. You know, people who think the Freemasons are in charge. You know, the people at the lower levels they don't know anything until they get to the thirty second, thirty third degree, or whatever. I don't know. Maybe it's it's based on something like that. But uh, you guys have given me a lot to think about and <laughs> more to write about. This. <laughs> well, awesome. If you go down this road, Don, you're going to make a lot of enemies. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm thinking of a new article for the American Free Press, so maybe I'll suggest writing something well, on the CMP and oh, see how they awesome. react. Oh, awesome. they're not going to react to it good, my friend. <laughs> but, but good luck. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Let's see. Let's see. Right. Let's see him put it out and yeah, see what well, happens. I'll do it. And I, you know, I'll, I'll wonder if they don't, you know, that's true. But again, that may not be just because of that, because I, I have a, you know, because their audience is still basically supporting Trump. Mm-hmm. So I have to kind of dance around that. So I write a lot about the Russian collusion nonsense yeah. and things like that. But uh, it's, it's, it's hard for me, like, to really say, like, I, I go on SGT report a lot. I'm supposed to go on there tomorrow again. And you know, there, there, a lot of them are still buying into the Q stuff, so I have to kind of dance around it. I don't want to alienate all them, but I'm, I'm yeah. certainly not going to. You know, I have to kind of say what, especially after the speech he gave this week. It's I, I really don't see how anybody outside of real cult members are. Uh, it's incredible. Social. It's in, it's incredible that anybody still subscribes to this. Don, say goodbye to Neil. Say goodbye to John. Go ahead, bro. Uh, nice talking to both you, Neil and uh, John, and hope we talk again soon. Billy Ray is great. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate your input, and uh, we will be in touch, sir. So just go okay. ahead and hang up, so we can we'll wrap here. Um, just to just to sort of go back to what you were saying, come on, um, yeah, uh, Billy Ray. Right. Um, I'm absolutely positive that, that these sorts of things happen on both sides of the political spectrum, and it might seem like basically I get accused of being a lefty a lot of the time, and it's like. I'm not a lefty, I'm anti-corrupt government and the mechanism that's being used against us at the minute is being framed in, in a right-wing term. We've got a right-wing government. And furthermore, it, and I think this this calls back to what you were saying about how being being told one thing for a long, long time doesn't necessarily mean that it was, it was not true. But for a long time, everybody was down with this idea that it was unions that was going to sort of um, form this total control grid. You know, there's going to be an African Union, an American Union, an Asian Union, a European Union. And people were basically saying, well, actually, there's very there's similarities to what Hitler wanted to achieve with Europe, to the construct of the European Union, et cetera, et cetera. And that built up, for example, the idea uh, that was promoted by Brexit. A lot of the information, which turned out to be not true, actually, that that um, it was a totalitarian state that they controlled our laws, controlled our borders, controlled um, our sovereignty, and none of that is actually true. This 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 turned out to be to, to be a lie. But now here's the thing: if I know about that, and you know about that, and everybody knows about that, and who's listening about it, with with greatest respect. The people who designed that system know that we know about it. Yeah. So uh, my suspicion is that they changed tactics. Now, so what did they want to achieve? They wanted to achieve autonomy, or right? okay, or sort of like you know a homogenous, singular, controlled opera- operation with one singular sort of central point. Well, that was that was going along, and people spotted it. It achieves the same thing. If you can get twenty leaders right in Italy, Germany. Um, America, um, South America, Europe, 
um, uh, India, uh, Nigeria, Kenya, uh, and all the other places that Cambridge Analytica have admitted to it. And you'll notice that they all run on this concept of being a popularist. Now, here's an interesting thing about all these popularist candidates. Not one of them actually mentions anything that's positive about their own countries. All they do is they basically talk about what's negative that might be invading. They never talk about as extolling the positive virtues of, of this country. They just talk about fear and jingoism. So it achieves the same thing. It's new world order, for want of a better phrase, by piecemeal. Yeah. Rather than five unions, you've got 50 countries that all ascribe to exactly the same policies, exactly the same media is promoting these policies. They've got exactly the same talking points, exactly the same type of candidates playing on exactly the same types of fears. And they all just so happen to match up perfectly with the policies promoted by the Heritage Foundation and, and further than that, the CNP. Yeah, you know, and, and you said piecemeal, you know, and, and there's a lot of merit to that, right? It, it, it appears to me that they don't want anybody to deviate from this system, and I mean no one. You know, every they're, they're trying to indoctrinate everybody into the, the specific way that they want you to think and the specific way that they want you to act. And they're, they're really doing this with the technology nowadays, and I, I really don't want to go down that route because we will be here forever talking about that sort of stuff. Um, but absolutely, I, I get what you're saying 100%. Um, I, I do want to talk a little bit about, uh, the modern connections to the CMP before we take off. Sure. Um, and, um, maybe, 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 uh, get into a little bit of, uh, oh man, this, this thing here, I, I want to get into red ice radio. Definitely. Tommy Robinson, you know, yeah. and, I, and I know you mentioned him, uh, uh, not too long ago, linked him to Infowars. You can find him up there, but I think there's something to be said for the, the racial tensions and how they have been created. Well, let I me mean, put very simply, yeah. um, Tommy Robinson is financed by Rebel Media, which is owned by Nina Rosenwald and Robert Mercer. Uh, and he's also financed by um, David Horowitz, who's the Shillman Fellowship. He's a Shillman Fellow. And his defence, because he's basically been... What he does is he picks upon cases that are already in the public eye and then pretends to have promoted them. He hasn't actually exposed a single crime what he has done is made it appear that these crimes are overwhelmingly connected to muslims mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that these particular crimes didn't go on it means that after these people were caught he jumped on it and started saying yeah. see they're all like this Agreed. which is obvious nonsense um, the mef the middle east forum which is american pro-israeli connected the idf think tank basically finances his, his, his defence. Um, even he's a total grifter. Whilst all these people are financing his defence, he's also basically, um, you know, asking for donations, which he basically spends on cocaine, according, according to <laughs> um, according to whistleblowers within his operation. Uh, that's not me slandering him. That, that was reported recently. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, it, it's just a total... It's a total nonsense. And the thing that most people don't seem to, to get is that... A brain on them, like it, he was destroyed in a television debate by a rapper called A. Carla, who's an incredibly intelligent uh, uh, person, and um, yeah, just, just like yeah, it, it just falls to pieces. But again, this is this is part of it. It's part of this network, which goes back to that spidergram that I've, I've I, I did, where basically Cambridge Analytica needed 
a network of media and media personalities to spread the message that tied in with the propaganda and the targeted micro-targeted advertising that they were that, that they were sending to you and this was all about building this atmosphere of fear and building this atmosphere of feeling like you're out of control that you're being invaded um and i think it's it's very interesting that basically um Donald Trump continues to use that same language, the yeah. invasion language. I mean, apparently he used two, he, there were 2,000 separate ads that he put on Facebook that all, all used the word invasion. Um, and I would suspect that that was probably tied into the Cambridge Analytica um, campaign because that's what they did. So no, Absolutely. And, and, and the, the La Corrupt chants are back. Now that he's uh, running for, uh, for 2020, he started his campaign. If you listen to, to the rallies, La Corrupt yeah, started absolutely. right again. He's just never stopped campaigning because I don't really think he's got a lot of substance. On, <laughs> like, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, again, you know, that, that, that was what I sorry, but That's what I forgot to say earlier to, to, to John. Um, you're absolutely right. It was just, it was incremental. Like, you were told one thing. I was the same. One morning I woke up and read something about Trump, and I was like, that doesn't sound right. Hang on. <laughs> and then you read something else. You went, well, that doesn't sound right. And then you find out that he's appointed a Saudi Arabian lobbyist and bought eight businesses, which he had to sell on the sly because he realized that was illegal. And then he's doing this deal with Saudi Arabia. Then you look at the amount of Goldman Sachs members that he's put in his cabinet. And then you look at Steve Bannon and his dodgy connections to people like Mark Collins Rector and Brock Pierce yeah. Yeah. and uh, and Roger Stone. And then you look at Donald Trump because then you start, well, actually, he was always a bit of a shifty character, connections potentially to the mafia, like, you know, not paying people, um, lying about his past, et cetera, et cetera. And it just, it just all built up and built up and built up until you just, until personally I just went, Oh yeah, no, it's a con, isn't it? But but again, I I wasn't impervious to it. it I wasn't right from no, no, this is nonsense. I mean, I didn't trust any of them because I'm just a very misanthropic person anyway. But like, but but I get it. I totally totally get it. The the thing that's interesting is that basically I think that was the power of the campaign because they attached it to the person because they made it so personal yeah, because yeah, yeah. they grouped you as the deplorables because they basically you know they gave you that that hope you're part of making America great again. You know, it's a really powerful campaign. It's meaningless, but it's a really, really powerful campaign slogan. It's just weasel words. It's emotional. But, 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 um, but that's why it's so hard for people to let that go, I think, and to realise that they were, they were conned. And it's the same thing with, um, with Brexit, Nigel Farage, telling you that you're going to get £350 million a week for the NHS, telling you that basically the EU destroyed um, uh, the pri or was behind the privatisation of, of British industry. It wasn't. It was the Heritage Foundation telling you that the EU destroyed the English fisheries. No, no, it was the British government. They sold all the all the, the plots of fishing to foreign investors. We're the only country in the EU that's allowed to do that. And we do that stabbing our own fishermen in the back. Also, basically, big business controls it. Like a quarter of the fisheries is owned by three people. Uh, and they just don't give the contracts to small people. That's what's squeezing the fishing industry, not being in the European Union. We were told that 80% of our laws were dictated by the EU. Do you know how many laws are actually dictated by the EU? 
72 of over 29,000 laws that are in place in, in the UK today. And of those laws, all of them are things like the work time directive, which means that you get a break after six hours, or you're not allowed to put things that cause cancer in jam. There's Incredible. 72 laws and not a single one of those is actually a law that I would repeal personally. And I'm sure anyone that is sensible would. But we were told a lie. Yeah. We were told that basically Turkey were going to join and this was going to cost us much, much more. And that's not true. Turkey's never going to get in because we have a veto power. There were, this is the point. You were told so many lies. Um, and you were told them by people that, that A, should have been telling you the truth and, and had a responsibility to be telling you the truth and B, um, in such a manner that it was sold to you on an emotional level, not a factual level, which is the prima facie tactic, tactic of successful advertising and marketing. You know, feels not reals. That was really what both of these campaigns were about. You know, we, we're going to do this. You, you're not. There was, there was a point where basically people, there was a, a slogan. It was actually, you're not believing in Brexit. It's like, oh, yeah, because belief will get us through. You know, like they, they lied to us about the, 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 the problems with the Good Friday Agreement and, and the, the Northern Ireland border. They lied to us about the freedom of movement. They lied to us about. Um, the option to have a Norway uh, style um, uh, 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 deal. Uh, and th again, they lied to us about the Lisbon Treaty, saying that, oh, in 2020, it's going to come in and force us to, do, to join the euro. It isn't, I'm afraid. Like, the Lisbon Treaty came in in 2009. And if you read the text of the Lisbon Treaty, it says the absolute opposite of that, that we, we can't join the euro unless we ask. And there's been a vote by the British Parliament. So the European Union can't force us to do anything. Now, again, it's a bit more nuanced to that. Is the European Union arrogant, bureaucratic, wasteful? Yes. Yes, it is. But what concerns me is that basically everything is everything was a lie. All yeah, these yeah, benefits. Yeah. yeah. The, the manipulation. The, the, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what gets to me. Right. Um, and and it's, it's horrible because basically it, it is it is manipulation on the most instinctual way in a really, really clever way. And the only way that you can get around it is by basically saying, oh, yeah, I was tricked, which is horrible, which is really, really just like, it's easier to keep going. Do yeah, you know it's, I mean? it's horrible, but it's, I, I want to go as far as to say that it's very easy because all you have to do is admit it to yourself. And while that's very hard for some people, like it's the easiest thing to do. Okay, you look at it. I think actually it's it's harder to lie about it because you're lying to yourself. So you're sitting there and continue to try to justify ways to 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 uh, to justify your actions. Well, to be to be fair, again, yeah. a lot of people don't know about the connections to Cambridge Analytica, and, the, and and even if they do know about Cambridge Analytica, they don't know about the connections to the intelligence agencies, the British establishment, Marconi Defence. Mm. All the board members are basically old Tories and like people who used to work with the Queen and stuff like that, like. It, which means that even the, the, the concept of that vote being anti-establishment, even if you had very good reasons for it, that can't be true because the establishment was behind that campaign. Gotcha. And it's the same thing with Trump. And it's just as simple as that. And, it's, and again, it's, 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 it's crushing. But logic dictates that the two positions can't exist side by side. No, I, I got you, man. And, you know, and most people don't know about, about Cambridge and all this other stuff, but at a very surface level, 
they can see that they've been lied to by Donald Trump just based on his actions and what he promised. You know, at that level, just admitting it to yourself, it should lead you down a certain different road. That's just my message to everyone out there listening. We don't have a lot of time left. I want to get out the uh, modern connections to the CMP, and I do want to talk about Red Ice Radio. We'll leave Red Ice for last. Um, John, give me the modern connections, and then we'll have Neil uh, react to that. Come on. Okay, so I did a video on my uh, YouTube channel, We've Read the Documents, on Alex Jones, was he ever our guy? So we pull up InfoWars from back from May 1999. This is the farthest capture that we can get uh, with the, from the Internet Wayback Machine. So when we scroll down, what 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 news agencies does um, uh, Alex Jones say, go get your news from? And I think that Neil is going to uh, recognize a lot of these agencies. Uh, we have uh, World Net Daily, Coach Joseph uh, Fariah, um, a big member of the Council for National Policy. Uh, Drudge Report, Matt Drudge, Ray, Radio Liberty, of course, it's connections to... Um, the John Birch Society and the Cats for National Policy, Newsmax, which was started by Christopher Reddy, as well as uh, family members of, uh, of the late uh, Central Intelligence Agency Director William J. Casey and also Richard uh, Mellon Escafee, who um, Neil had mentioned earlier, uh, and all their connections to all the think tanks that we had mentioned earlier. Um, and then uh, National Review, uh, Jews for the Preservation of Firearm Ownership, the NRA, um, all of these have connections to the, the, the various think tanks that we mentioned earlier. So this is who Alex Jones is getting his news from. This is who Alex Jones is pushing his news as far back as May 1999. Um, now, of course, later, you know, Josh Rees would expose in the Secret Right Volume 2 that that um, Alex Jones had footage for his uh, his uh, in-game uh like his in-game movie that like the the other part of it is in-game 2.0 or 1.5 uh actually had footage in there had not been published before uh that he had filmed that he had sent info warriors there to film directly it was him filling filming phyllis schlafly the cmp dame herself uh who also attended uh parties of um craig b spence during the franklin scandal the grandmother of america possibly uh involving in uh some uh, underage uh activities with, with children um she um she you know jones has this this footage of her speaking to the cmp how hmm uh, so, you know, there are other b people that we know have been members of the Council for National Policy, uh, Mark Levin, um, uh, uh, Rush Limbaugh, David Limbaugh, uh, Michael Savage, um, and the lot of people that you see on the right. Tucker Carlson, of course, has connections to the CMP, but he's never come out on, on a list. Um, in 1999, uh, George uh, W. Bush spoke to the Council for National Policy uh, before he was elected president and made a promise that he would be a pro-life um, candidate uh, mm -hmm. so that they would put him up. Of course, you are aware of the Monica Lewinsky scandal was cooked up by the Council for National Policy and Council for National Policy member Ken Starr, um, mm -hmm. who would later become Jeffrey Epstein's lawyer and also in connection to the Kirkland <laughs> Ellis Law Firm, uh, who actually recently has spoken to CMP meetings the past couple of years, Ken Star has. So, so there you go. Um, so, you know, we have modern CMP members, um, the, 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 the DeVos family, of course, you know, Eric Prince being involved with that and Blackwater. Very proud too, right? Very proud of gun owners of America. Yes. Um, him as well. Um, Wayne, Wayne LaPierre yep. too. Yeah. Um, so you see, and, and so when we go to Trump, Trump, okay. So all the presidential candidates spoke to the CMP both before the election 
in 2008 and the election in 2016, including one Donald John Trump, who spoke to the CMP before he was elected president in 2016. So did Rand Paul. Of course, Billy, you asked Ron Paul. Ron Paul state that he spoke to the CMP in the 1990s, and Ron Paul has connections to the CMP. We did not know previously that Ron Paul spoke to the Council for National Policy in the 1990s. Uh, you actually got him to admit that. So we have that for us. And Rand Paul's speech to the CMP, you know, trying to stump for president, he literally gets down on his knees and fellatiates the CMP about how they're a great organization, they're fighting for us, and all that, you know, bull crap. So, you know, Trump is a big part of the CMP just as much as Reagan is. And how we know is, is a lot of his uh, administration members either were or are in the CMP or they've spoken the CMP. So Trump administration members that we know are in the CMP, according to leak lists, uh, are Steve ba Bannon, John Bolton, John Kenneth Blackwell was Election Integrity Committee. Steve Bannon was Chief Strategist. John Bolton was National Security Advisor. Kellyon Conway, Counselor to the President. Marjorie uh, Danis Felser, the Chair of Tr Donald Trump's Pro-Life Coalition, which I myself am pro-life, but it's still interesting of how they, they, they both push eugenics on one side of the CMP and pro-life on the other. Again, it's the whole... Mm confusion. Uh, Betsy DeVos, Secretary of Education. Of course, the DeVos family has donated and been long-term members of the CMP. Lawrence Kudlow, Director of National Economic Council. Uh, he, he, he spoke to the CMP 2016. Paul Teller, uh, who is assistant to uh, Pence, as well as assistant now to Donald Trump. Uh, Sam Brownback, uh, United States Ambassador at Large for International Religious Freedom, spoke to the CMP in February 2018. Benjamin Carson spoke to the CMP 2015. He's HUD director. Rudy Giolandi, Trump administration legal counsel, has been to many CMP meetings. Nikki Haley, ambassador to the UN, spoke to the CMP in October 2018. Peter Navarro, assistant to the president and director of Office and Trade and Manufacturing Policy, spoke to the CMP in May 2019. Jeff Sessions, former United States Attorney General, spoke many times to the CMP. Mike Pence, vice president of the United States, spoke to the CMP in May 2017. Scott Pruitt, United States Environmental uh, Protection Administrator, uh, spoke to the CMP in May 2017. Rick Perry, uh, Trump's Secretary of Energy. He was also a CMP member too as well. Uh, Sonny Perdue, Secretary of Education, has spoken uh, to the CMP too um, on, and has attended CMP meetings. Um, I'm probably leaving a few people out, but yes, there are numerous connections to the Trump administration. Um, I think Kristen, Kristen Nielsen as well. Uh, she uh, she also has spoken uh, to, to attended CMP meetings too. So there are multiple, multiple people within Trump's cabinet, including the vice president, including himself, who have been to CMP meetings or are members of the CMP as financiers like the Mercers. The Mercer families has financed the CMP and has been part of the CMP. Um, so, you know, all the, the fake truth movement or your right pundits all being involved in the CMP that I mentioned earlier, who are all pushing Trump, that you should vote for Trump, Michael Savage, Mark Levin, um, the Skousen family, Joel Skousen, um, uh, Alex Jones, um, and, and all of these people are, 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 are part of the modern day Council for National Policy. There you and, and they are the ones you, I fell for it hook, line, and sinker. And through the work of Josh Reeves, through the work that you've done, Neil Sanders, through the work that I've done, through the work Matthew North has done. The, the, we, we do understand this network and this this group of these right-powered think tanks and how they controlled the truth movement since its inception in the early 60s with the John Birch Society and how many people who thought, and I hate using the matrix term, thought they took the red pill, but instead they took a blue pill uh, dyed red. 
And uh, and that's why I voted for Trump, because I believed in their horse crap and thought Alex Jones was our guy. But when you look into all these connections and who who, who goes on each other's shows and what they're a part of, it's all part of this phony truth movement. And like you mentioned earlier, Neil Sanders, one last thing I want to say is though Roger Stone has never been to a CMP meeting or mm-hmm. known that he spoke to a CMP meeting, it's not it's not known whether or not he has or not. Um, he, you know, he does have a lot of connections to Donald Trump, a lot of running a lot of psyops, as well as he possibly inherited the brownstone operation that Roy Cohn uh, was running because oh. Roger Stone was very tight with Roy Cohn. Uh, so there's a lot of these players that surround himself with Trump that are a big part of the Council for National Policy, the John Birch Society. Alex Jones called uh, uh, Donald Trump the John Birch Society president, that uh, he's the president of the Western Goals Foundation, um, that General John K. Singlob, who sings praises of Trump to this day, would be proud of him. And so there's no doubt that you know, whoever's at the top, we don't know. We know that there's different compartmental structures in these think tanks. The CMP is very powerful, just like the CFR is very powerful, just like the Bilderberg is very powerful, just like La Circale is very powerful. But the main difference between La Circale and the CMP compared to the CFR and the um, and, and Bilderberg is we know when the Bilderberg and CFR meetings happen. We know who attends them. Uh, we can get membership lists. You know, for example, Nikki Haley. Everybody's pushing Nikki Haley. Well, oh, not Nikki Haley. I'm yeah. sorry. Um, uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard's uh, been a member of the Council on Foreign Relations up till now. They magi- they magically moved her name the past yeah. month or so from the CFR. So don't believe in the Tulsi Gabbard lie. She is not our girl. Um, mm-hmm. But but so we know the people on these. But on the CMP, we only know their membership from leaked lists. Okay, that happen to be leaked from news reports and articles, and that's it. There's no published membership list. We don't know when their meetings happen. They do publish some speeches after the meetings. They do have a newsletter that gives us a little bit more information. But compared to the CFR, I can look up the members. I can see when the meetings are. I could go cover the meetings and stuff like that. The CMP cannot, and it was by design that mm. way. Because once you look into the CMP, once you look into the John Birch Society, you you will figure out that the, the truth movement is false. It is a phony truth movement, and you've been sold a lie. Well, you know, they they like actually a, have a policy of, of, of not only denying membership, but also denying that the the uh, institution exists. Yeah. Very much Fight club. Yeah, 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 basically. Like MI6 or the Mafia. It's like Kekko's CNP. Like, um, so, yeah, it's... Um, the other point um, to, to tie back to um, what, what John was saying about the media is that's how it works. OK, um, it, it's about creating an echo chamber. Like you can look at the, the sort of the, the cross pollination. I forget it's in one of my blogs. Um, uh, there is a there was a study done that basically showed the cross pollination of all these supposed adult media figures um, and mixing with alt right figures and supposed centrists on YouTube in the skeptosphere, uh, which suddenly came out of nowhere and received the intellectual dark web, the phony intellectual dark web. Yeah, quite, quite, quite. Uh, and basically, that's the entire point um, and, and why nobody knows about this and why, when people are confronted with it, it is so very, very painful for them or, or basically they're so reluctant to believe it because. Part of the mechanism is creating these echo chambers, and and the the point that, that that really drew me into the Cambridge Analytica aspect of it is that basically I recognised it because that's J Trig, that's that's a GCHQ program that was going on ages ago to create false gurus on the internet and to to introduce false false media stories and red herrings essentially. These things like S Misc 
um, where basically the, the Pentagon is doing experiments to um, manipulate people's emotions online. If, if you remember, Facebook got caught doing this, and I think um, uh, Petrius had to apologise for it. They've admitted to sock puppet accounts um, and tapping into um, various um, social media nodes illegally and passing that on to either the DAEA or ATF, uh, which is completely un unconstitutional, and somehow they managed to get away with it. Um, and so it was the, that that was the, the thing to me it was like oh this this isn't new but then you find out that basically other than that you've got very very similar programs like i360 which is the Koch brothers data mining thing which essentially does exactly the same thing it, it sources data points from all over the place um, collects them puts them through algorithms and basically characterizes you in certain categories in order to see what is basically going to be the most effective marketing campaign to, to be specifically pointed to you. Now, the aspect of this that a lot of people don't perhaps sort of realize initially is what this is all connected to is online manipulation is connected to the overwhelming isolation and overstimulation that basically everybody's got. We're addicted to social media. People are basically making themselves depressed physically because they're addicted to social media. You get a dopamine response when you uh, put something on, on, um, uh, on uh, you get a positive reaction to something on social media. You get a bad response, an amygdala response when people argue with you. So basically you might essentially, just in the way that a gambler might learn their craft to, to basically get that better better response, get that dopamine kick, you might start to sense your output or manipulate your output or go with things that you know are going to get a positive response. Sooner or later, you might realize that, oh my God, I've got 5,000 friends on Facebook. I've only got five friends in real life, which is actually pretty bloody good. But <laughs> crikey, maybe if I acted more like my Facebook persona in real life, then perhaps I might be more popular in real life. Again, that won't work, but this is the subtle manipulation. Tie that in with, it's tracking you. It's listening to you. It's seeing what you like. It's making recommendations. Netflix is making recommendations. This channel is making recommendations. Spotify is making recommendations. They're molding you. You think you're getting choice. What they're doing is they're learning about you. They're learning where you go, what you look like, what your habits are, who you talk to, when you talk to them, why you talk to them. And they're going to use that to manipulate them. If you want to get even freakier, do you know what Trapwire is? Like no, Trapwire no, no. is a facial recognition CC te TV technology that is illegally installed. It's a pre-crime. Um, <laughs> it's a pre-crime determinator uh, by which, basically, by monitoring people in public and getting access to these data, this data sets uh, via algorithms, they can predict when you're going to make do a crime before they make a crime and they've made arrests based on this in various cities in america um and it's tied to palantir palantir is the data monitoring giant that's connected to cambridge Analytica because they work with them in in um, um in um uh, in in africa um and it's run by peter tile who was the guy who through incutel the cia excuse me the cia's venture capital arm helped start Facebook. Sean Parker, also CIA hacker, helped start Facebook and Spotify and PayPal. No, that's Peter Tyler as well. But again, monitoring your purchases. Hey, Mon and Neil, not to want to interrupt you real quick, but with Peter Till, you know, he funded the intellectual dark web. Did he? Uh, 
through yes through uh eric weinstein and the weinstein brothers who eric weinstein uh, is the manager for pure t- uh, for for teal capital really? um and, and he is the head one of the head members of the intellectual dark web we're talking about joe rogan um, we're talking about Jordan B. Peterson. We're talking yeah. about Ben Shapiro. Uh, we're talking about um, uh, who was the leftist that that went over. Um, I can't think Owen of Benjamin. Not Owen oh. Benjamin. He's not part of it. Um, uh, the guy you mentioned him earlier. Oh, and anyway, I can't. He'll oh. come back to me later. Uh, but the intellectual oh, dark web. Yeah, Dave Rubin. Um, the intellectual dark web is is funded by Peter Till. Of course, Peter Till has connections to the Council for National Policy as well. He used mm-hmm. uh, when he was in uh, after uh, and during college, he was speechwriter for Bill Bennett. Um, and so, you know, the, the, he seems to be the main funder and the main pusher of the intellectual dark web. Jesse Spots has done a lot of good research on this on YouTube. Uh, uh, um, Jan Irving has, but then I got my own questions about Jan. Um, and mm-hmm. I've done research into this as well. But yes, they are the funders of the, the intellectual dark web. Peter Till is. Well, that's incredible. That, that, that makes perfect sense. But, but that, that basically ties into to what I was saying. What this is about is about, it's not as straightforward as just like manipulating elections. It's connected to a complete and total control grid. They've got you in a Petri dish. They know what you're doing. They know how you react to things. They know what you're thinking because they're making you think it. And do you see what I mean? And this, this is this this is the even more dystopic angle of all of these things because it's it's ju- it is just connected to to everything, and it and it's 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 a terrifying network. They did it to me, Neil. I mean, my friend brought me the information on the Council for National Policy during Trump's election. I said, "There's no way I would have known about that, but by now, we talk about Alex Jones is our guy," you know. But then when Trump started adding the swamp into his cabinet, my friend goes, you really need to look at this. You really need to vet this. And I looked at it and I said, oh, my God, it all connects. Oh, my God, I've been lied to this whole time. They've done it to everyone on different levels. And what I I want everybody to take from this, because I I don't want you to think that the truth movement is completely fraudulent. Because it is not. No. Right. We, we were we were steered in, in, in a particular direction and were deni- it's like an illusionist. You look this way, but not over here. You know, that, that's exactly what happened to us. It's not like what we were doing was wrong. I, I, it was Patrick Wood that I heard not too long ago. He said um, it's never wrong to do the right thing. It is never wrong to do the right thing. So everybody continue doing what you're doing. Just be aware of the manipulation that uh, is taking place, and uh, hopefully we've provided a a bit of a, a broader picture uh, for you to look at and analyze, and hopefully we can start holding some of these people accountable. Go ahead, Neil. Well, no, I think I think that's entirely it. Like um, uh, you, you're absolutely right. I mean, one of the things um, that that sort of like also sort of ties into this is I don't know if anyone's seen that that great documentary Hacker Wars, but the Stratfor hack um, and um, Occupy Wall Street were basically both initiated by a hacker called Sabu um, and from Lulsec, um, which, um, uh, yeah, Lulsec was what it was called. And now what's really interesting about it is that he was the person that, that first sort of popularized the concept of, uh, of Occupy Wall Street. And he's the person suggested to Jeremy Hammond that they hack Stratfor. The other point is that Stratfor employees work for Infowars now and Stratfor happened to just start up in Austin, Texas in the very same Now, month. Neil, they would never be connected to one another. You did that with U.S. SOCOM and Tip of the Sphere, United States Special Operations Command. No, no. no. JBS having a spear and, and SOCOM having a spear now as their logo now. No, 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 that would never happen. 
<laughs> but um, but essentially, what what transpired was um, that um, Sabu had been flipped by the FBI um, prior to suggesting both the the Stratford hack and um, Occupy Wall Street, which strongly suggests that um, the FBI were behind that. And again, that's an indication that 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 this is the point. This is another aspect of, of what what you guys are basically talking about this this manipulation of seemingly good causes nobody within that could be except for sabu could be blamed really for their actions i i, I personally believe all the other actions were just it's just that that wasn't the point there was a point to occupy wall street and it was very probably to just basically get yeah. people on lists or something or to see i wonder if it was a petri dish to see hey it's, it's an internet manipulation program isn't it let's see if we can mechanize people all over the world with Absolutely. a tweet yeah same thing is happening now so, i mean it, yeah. it just continues to happen in on a larger scale the division uh with uh with race and the division with politics and just this is all orchestrated it's all it's all Manipulated, in my personal opinion, we'll get into red eye some other time. Um, well, and, mean, uh, go, go ahead, go ahead, buddy. John, go John really is, is, is expert on this one. To be quite honest, as far as my understanding knows, is that all of a sudden they did what a lot of people did in the alternative media. They did a, a, a going from being yeah. bipartisan to being heavily far right to starting promoting pro Hitler um documentaries white genocide theories and they stuff completely like that flipped it, completely flipped it if you ever listened to red ice back in the day it was a completely different show i was going to talk about red ice for like one minute just like one minute yeah, sure, one minute. all right so you know they had josh reeves on heinrich had josh reeves he knew about the cm uh, uh heinrich knew about the cmp josh reeves was on twice talking about it. he's seen the documentaries he knew about the council for national policy back in 2011 2012 heinrich pomegranate did so my theory, and of course, there's other theories too as well. Of course, a threat on HN I, is now gone. Heinrich the host of Red Ice Radio. Go ahead. Yes, yes. Um, the threat on HN now being gone, it's it's lost into the ether uh, of their of them the exposing Red Ice. But okay, so what I've seen is the Regnery, their connections to the Heritage Foundation and the Council for National Policy, being white nationalists. They funded a lot of the because you know because William Gregory the second you know he started the National Policy Institute of course and he hired you know Richard B Spencer uh, in 2011 to run it um, and uh, so you know Richard B Spencer still is a big part of the National Policy Institute so my theory is is that the Regnerys are going around and funding all of these white nationalist uh, organizations or or white nationalists. Uh, leaning um um leaning uh truthers uh like red ice radio um uh the many you know different you know, different ones that you see out definitely finance and, and yeah very so they were putting out books for trump and they were doing like telephone campaigns for trump so again it is connected to this whole web essentially yes that, and, and 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 also, you know, uh, Lana Lotef, who I think, you know, was the one that seemed to be the agent that was put in to change uh, Red Ice and to, to, to get you know, almost a honeypot for Heinrich to fall for her. Uh, mm -hmm. She worked for a, a former CIA agent and music com com producer, Miles Copeland, after she left college. You know, many people have found uh, Lana's uh, CDs uh, that she was doing, the music that she was doing. Uh, later, she worked for uh, a company called U.S. Allegiance Incorporated uh, that was uh, contracted by the U.S. Department of Defense. Uh, when Lana and Heinrich moved to the United States, uh, they used a military personal travel company for their pets to, tr to, to transfer their pat cat, uh, cat Bayou. Um, 
um, when they when they were relocated from uh, to Sweden, and then afterwards, uh, uh, it was the name of the company was Happy Tra uh, Tales Travel Incorporated. Um, so there's also uh, two New York Times articles that talks about uh, a lot of uh, Lotef's uh, relatives and the Lotef family uh, being uh, connected to assisting Russian immigrants to resettle within the United States uh, too, as well. So you know, you know, Lana has a lot of connections to intelligence. That was around the same time that the the the, the shifting of red eyes happened to more of a white identitarianism, um, and, and because of that, you know, I do think that the regnaries are a, 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 are a part of this. Uh, the regnaries are white nationalists, um, and they do uh, push a lot of white nationalist rhetoric. And um, it, you'll see that a lot. And so they, they kind of, you know, co-opted Red Ice Radio. They started uh, putting more people out there like Richard Spencer. And well, I mean, absolutely. I mean, that, that's what's so strange about this thing is I, I started just pulling on strings. I had no idea that the CMP even existed six months ago. Yeah. Um, and I sort of stumbled eventually on the Heritage Foundation kept coming up again and again and again and then John very very like kindly got in touch with me and explained a bit more about the Heritage and a bit more about the CMP and so I started pulling on that strings it sounds like he's been pulling on from the from the other direction but I think what it shows is that there's there is something to this because it it lines up yeah no it absolutely lines up I mean there's definitely something to it I think if anything, if we're going to take something out of this, right, is that there's something seriously up. Something is up. Too many connections to ignore. Plain and mm. simple. You know, so, um, uh, you know, I, I wanted to get this done for a while and I wanted to bring in, bring in Don because I knew uh, he can, you know, he was interested in the topics and, uh, and he had a, a perspective to offer as well. So I thought it was fantastic. I was very happy with this. In general, I think it laid out a lot for people to go back and research, you know, and like I said, like I say all the time, do your own research, you know, and, and figure stuff out. And if you find something that we didn't cover or if you found something that we were wrong about, make sure you let us know. And we will be happy to, you know, make the correction if it's necessary. Neil, welcome. Thank you. And tell everybody where they can find you. Come on. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, well, I, I'm on Facebook um, and uh, I, I am on Twitter, but I don't tend to use Twitter. So, like, I apologize if I'm not responding to people on Twitter. Um, but, yeah, I'm on Facebook or you can find me at uh, neilsandersmindcontrol.com. What I've done is um, I've, I've basically been writing this blog uh, as I've been discovering what's been going on with Cambridge Analytica probably for about, a, well, maybe, I don't know, maybe a couple of years now. And it's if you go back to the start, I'm, I'm picking my way through it until finally, basically, the CNP comes into it about sort of chapter 12. Uh, but that's available to, to read for free um, on uh, on my website. Or if people prefer to have it read to them, I've actually recorded <laughs> it as like a pod. No, it's totally fair. No, like, that's me, uh, bro. I've, that's how you described me. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I've just um, uh, I've recorded it as, as like a sort of audio file. So it's it's about seven hours long. It's essentially like a book on tape. Um, and you get the mp3 to keep and if you want to share it or do whatever you want or it's on there for free and also there's my two mind control books which are called your thoughts are not your own volumes one and two which is basically looking at mk ultra and um, various sort of social systems of mind control advertising music industry film and television that type of thing uh, and my book on charles manson which is called now is the only thing that's real um, which is basically it's a re-examination of the manson case 
uh, and um, they, it, I'm very, very proud of, of that particular book. Um, it, I've actually sent it to members of Atwar, which is Charlie's um, charity, have said very, very kind things wow. about it. These, these are people that actually knew Charlie and they've, they've read the book. And uh, be, being in mind that I'm just, you know, I don't live in America and, and, and don't know these things. I, I was very flattered by that. It, it essentially, it looks at the four or five different potential theories of what happened with Charles Manson and then it puts it against a timeline and appraises which one is most likely and I think people will be slightly surprised with what the the end result is. Incredible. Hey, listen, we'll have you back to talk about whatever you want to talk about in particular, man. All of that stuff. It it was definitely a pleasure. Uh, Eye-opening. Your your research is is serious, man. I appreciate it. And uh, we all know John here. John is a, is a, is a resident uh, alien here at the Infinite Fringe, so you're all good. But tell these people what's going on, man. Come on, Johnny. Yeah, find me. We've read the documents on YouTube, and we've read on a, a Twitter. I definitely want to thank uh, you, Billy, and, and and Neil as well. Neil, I'm a huge fan of your work. I've been following it, man, and and uh, I, you know, I the work that you've done on on Manson and and mind control and. And as well as, you know, going into the uh, the, the CMP and, and Cambridge Analytica and everything, you know, it, it, I cannot applaud that enough. Yeah, I, people really need to look into Neil's work uh, when they're researching the CMP and all these uh, think tanks. Um, and, and, and you're dead. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad that you're another brother in this fight. There's very few of us, Neil, <laughs> um, well, very, very few of us that are bringing this to light, brother. So I want well, to, well, as, as I said before, I wouldn't have known about it if it wasn't for you. And, uh, as I, I'm also a huge fan of your work. So thank you very much. That, that's uh, yeah, very kind of you. It means a lot to me. Very cool, man. Very cool. It's the infinite fringe, ladies and gentlemen, uh, break out your pads and pens. Like I said before, go back and listen to it. Go check out both of these guys work. It's phenomenal. Don Jeffries also. Go check his stuff. And we got, uh, I mean, a barrage of, of shows over at theinfinitefringe.podbeam.com on iTunes that you can go find out about whatever you want. Not all of it is uh, going to be to your liking, but that's not the point, right? So make sure you go check that out. Neil, hold on for a second, all right? We're going to take off. Take it easy now. Bye-bye. <laughs>